Welcome to Your In-Depth, where we walk through and break down our favorite fictional universes. Uh, today, we're hopefully finishing up Lord of the Rings uh, Return of the King. I think this will probably be our part five, but we're hoping to wrap this up. Um, kind of a, a unique and uh, special episode today because we are in person. Uh, and if you heard that, I just chucked a wadded up napkin at evan and it did hit it it hit directly on the microphone so you probably heard it evan dodged the the napkin gracefully behind very yeah microphone anyway though yeah so hopefully this will be wrapping up this uh this movie and initially we thought that this would be our uh the end of our coverage but we'll probably end up doing rings of power yeah um but either way and just remember everybody drive safe don't (laughs) bet (laughs) <laughs> might keep that one out of there but we did just uh yeah we're we're, we're together because i i drove out here to ohio we went to a comedy show uh together which was really fun and um yeah staying staying out here for the weekend so thought we'd thought we'd record but um hopefully get back into the the podcast swing yeah and and We've something else for a while yeah and uh something else that like um sorry i'm jotting something down earlier that evan said check out the patreon edition to hear that uh don't um (laughs) sorry okay on track um something just kind of an update for the podcast obviously we haven't been recording much um i kind of bit off a little more than i can not necessarily that i can chew but that i can uh adequately uphold while also doing this podcast um there's a couple other projects either way so hopefully maybe evan will do the editing now for this and we can dedicate some time each week to actually have you know recordings and keeping everything in (laughs) yeah please don't do that um but you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll ha- uh, be having more uploads moving forward. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, but that's that's the only news that I have. Um, I don't think there's anything uh, really Lord of the Rings news wise. There was that animated show coming up, or that animated movie uh, with the lady who plays Eowyn um, narrating it, returning her as her role. You know, uh, in that returning to the role, I should say. But haven't really heard much more about it. Um, sometimes coming up that, oh my God, sometime coming up, mm, <laughs> uh, Return to Moria, that game will be yeah. coming, but we still don't have a, a release date on that. So um, I did see something for like summertime this year for that. Oh yeah. I don't know how accurate that was. For the movie or for the game? The game, the okay. Return to Moria, um, as well as just double checking right now. Um, it's just kind of theorized that season two of Rings of Power will most likely be 2024. Mm. Um, there's not been any actual, uh, like expect it now type deal. Yeah. Um, it has been renewed for a second season, so that's already been confirmed. Um, and we just don't really have a time frame of when that's going to be released. Okay. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I feel like this is probably going to be a longer recording 
So I think we'll just go ahead and get on into it. Uh, before we do, just um, go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to have the uh, live stream, you know, if we reach, what is it, 25? Uh, yes. Or did we lower it? Initially, it was 25. Did we lower it? I think we lowered it to like 10 because no one goes and leaves reviews. Yeah. Okay. Well, either way, go ahead and leave a review. I think that, yeah, maybe maybe 10. Um, You can also leave ratings on Spotify, but it's not quite the same. Um, But either way. I mean, Um, it'd help either way. I don't think we put it to 10 because we currently have 10 right now. Do we? Or we have 11. Sorry. Do we? Really? What was the most recent one? Was that Nori? Yeah. Oh, okay then. Um... Yeah, so we already announced that one. We will read your review on the the podcast so you'll be able to hear uh, us address whatever you said. Um, take that as you want it. As long as it's appropriate. Well, <laughs> I don't think you can post if it's too inappropriate. And, I mean, we'd, we'd say, I don't know, we'd, we'd read it. <laughs> Either way, um, definitely need to get back into the... I don't know. I, I feel like... I feel rusty, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Uh, I'll just jump in with a summary then. Yeah, uh, go ahead and, yeah, summarize what has led up to this point, and then we'll get going with, it's right about uh, two hours and 57 minutes onward. And once again, since it's been a while, if you listen to it as it comes out, uh, we are covering the extended edition. But either way, go. Uh, So all the way up into the point where we're at, I'm not going to go over episodes or movies one and two. Yeah, that's fine. We've got full coverage on those. If you want kind of an in-depth on that, go listen to those. Um, but in terms of the third movie, um, basically what we're looking at here, we're picking up right when Pippin finds Mary on the uh, fields of Pelennor, where the battle for Minas Tirith is happening. Uh, shortly after, like a couple days or a day or so after the battle concludes... Um, at Minas Tirith within the city and out in the fields in front of. Um, but leading up to this, we've had the, per the movies, right, we've had the deaths of Saruman and mm-hmm. Grima at the very beginning. Per yep. the books, they survived till towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, we've seen, you know, Rohan celebrating their victory at Helm's Deep from the end of the second movie. Um, but you know, getting that news that with Pippin picking up the plant here, that weird, you know, uh, dark orb mm-hmm. that can communicate and whatnot. And he had that kind of communication with Sauron, um, and Sauron kind of ended up revealing some of his plans unintentionally to Pippin, um, showing that he's going to be striking at Minas Tirith. So with that, Gandalf and Pippin head to Minas Tirith to make sure the city's prepared for war. Mm-hmm. Um, with that as well, we do see during that time, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli are still with the Rohirrim in uh, um, Edoras, the, the capital of Rohan, basically waiting for the beacons of ministers to be lit to for like an official call for aid um, from Rohan. Though, personally, I don't know why you'd wait for an official call for aid. Like, you're supposed to be allies. You should just go, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, but they wait for that, and throughout the time at Minas Tirith, Pippin gets sent to light the beacons. Gandalf sends him to, you know, climb up the side stealthily and, and light the beacons. 
you know, getting them lit. We see the, you know, the um, chain. the chain. It's kind of like a montage, right, of all the different beacons. Well, I mean, yeah, because we did see like as yeah. they lit, as it like forms the whole line. Yeah, you know, up, it was, up in it the was mountain kind of ranges a, and yeah. whatnot, um, with them calling for aid, mm-hmm. and Aragorn telling Theoden he summons the Riders of Rohan um, to meet at Dunharrow, which is a point is not halfway between Rohan and Gondor, but it's like a fairly big staging ground where they can assemble all their forces and get number counts and all that kind of stuff before pressing on to Minas Tirith. Um, that happens. Rohan gathers roughly 6,000 riders um, from across Rohan and the people they have left alive after their war with Saruman and his Urukai. Um, and they ride to the aid of Gondor, leading to the Battle of Minas Tirith and Pelennor Fields. Uh, in the meantime, we have Frodo, Sam, and Gollum, mm-hmm. right, uh, who are continuing to travel towards uh, the secret stairs that Gollum met- mentions um, at the end of the second movie, and he mentions it a couple times again at the beginning of this movie as like a secret way into Mordor because they initially in the second movie tried to look through the black gates right. didn't work because, yeah. you know, orcs are watching surprise, surprise, you know? <laughs> uh, so they continue making their way towards, um, this hidden stairs that Gollum's talking about. And we do see them go through, go up the stairs, uh, you know, with Gollum playing on F- Frodo's, um, vulnerability, vulnerabilities, his weakening mind from his battle with the ring right. and whatnot. Um, to a point where he tricks Frodo into thinking that Sam has thrown the last of their food away. Uh, right. And Frodo sends Sam off, says, tells him to go back home, go back to the Shire. Go on, get lost. Get. But, yeah. Go on um, home, Geller. <laughs> but with that, um, Frodo and Gollum make their way into the caves. They're supposed to lead through the mountains. Crazy. I thought they made their way downtown. <laughs> I'm tired. Um, Go go ahead. (laughs) And with that, Gollum, with his plans to to take back the ring, has you know goes off ahead of Frodo through the different turns and whatnot within these cave systems. Frodo getting lost, and we see Shelob, the giant spider Mm -hmm. who resides there. Um, And there's a little bit of a. I wouldn't even call it a battle because it's just Frodo running from Shelob. Yeah, that's you know yeah. we do see Frodo use the um, light of Lender. Yes, uh, yeah, light I, of Elendi. Yeah, I I will be honest. I knew how it was pronounced. <laughs> that was genuinely a tongue twist, like a, like a screw up. It yeah. wasn't me just mispronouncing it. I mean, it was, but like, <laughs> ne- just proceed. Um, God. <laughs> We do see him use the light of Lendil, um that he received from Galadriel way back in the first movie, right. which kind of <laughs> okay. rebuffs Shelob a little bit for him to kind of get back up on his feet and right. start running. I'm but sorry. he does get captured by Shelob being poisoned by her stinger wrapped up in webs. Right. Um, really quick, I, I know that this is not in any way like related, and it's just, I mean, it kind of is, but like it's... It's an interruption to you. Um, have you seen that meme where it was like when they're all receiving the gifts and Gimli asks for hair, you know, upon her, mm-hmm. and he was like, he said, "All that I ask is like a single strand or something." She's like, "Well, 
like instead of giving him three, she gives him three thousand or something, and it cuts, <laughs> and it's just her with this Photoshop bald head, and then like the sides are still there, so it's just like she looks like it's. it's I don't know. It's dumb, but it's funny. Uh, anyway, my mind I just went straight to that when you m- mentioned that scene. So I, I, um, I know. Anyway. <laughs> Go ahead. But yes, Frodo gets captured by Shelob. He gets stung mm-hmm. by her stinger, right. wrapped up in the webs. Um, but before Shelob can do anything with Frodo, Sam shows up because he has found the remainder of their food further down yeah, the steps and realizes what Gollum has done. Right. And, you know, turns around, starts heading back up the stairs to try and rescue Frodo. Yeah. Uh, so we do see Sam battle Shelob with uh, Sting as well as his own blade that he received from Aragorn back in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, with him not killing Shelob, but like hurting her enough that Shelob flees back into her caves um but before he can do anything with frodo he thinks frodo's dead and we see some orcs come down and actually take frodo and sam overhears them saying that he was stuck by shilob stinger yeah he's, still he's not alive, dead yeah. uh type of deal um and that part of the movie right there with frodo and sam is basically happening at the same time as the battle as the battle yeah. So the, the the scene where we're picking up on with Pippin finding Mary on Pelennor Fields is basically happening at the same time right. as uh, Frodo having been taken by these orcs. Um, and so like when we start the movie, uh, covering where we're at, we we jump right into it cuts from Pippin finding Mary over to um, Sam. Staging his rescue attempt uh, for Frodo. Mm-hmm. Um, and the place that Frodo is taken to, as we, I'm kind of just jumping in right into yeah. the opening scenes nope, of where we're going. That's fine. The place that Frodo is taken to is called Kirith Ungul. It is a fortress uh, within Mordor, right there. As you can see in the movie, right there, kind of in one of the valleys. Mm-hmm. of the mountain ranges that surround Mordor. It's kind of like a, a kind of a bulwark to block that valley. Um, and if you actually look at like the map of Middle-earth, you do have uh, Minas Morgul, where they initially climbed the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, right there, kind of the very outer part of the mountain ranges as like a forward bulwark. Um, then you have Kirith Ungol further back on like the the back end of the mountain range is almost as if like the valley opens up Mm -hmm. right so it's kind of like a forward defensive position backward defensive position in case the first one is taken um and so we do get a shot of it zooming in and kind of comes into one of the topmost towers where we see frodo not quite naked like (laughs) naked but like he's wearing some pants and he has some really disgusting looking rope binding his arms. Yeah, his dinger's out. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I don't know why I called it that. Is that even a sli- like? Is that even a term? Uh, for I it? don't think so. You knew what I meant. I, <laughs> I mean, did, but... and it sounded funny. But like genuinely, I don't think that that's actually. Um, uh, but what we can see here as it comes into Frodo, um, it does show him with pants on. At this point, oh, it doesn't. It does in, in the movie. It's <laughs> 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 a flopping, man. 
Um, <laughs> but basically what's happening here is the or- the orcs, or more correctly, the Uruks, because mm-hmm. uh, you have... I think I've said before you have a difference between orcs, urukai, and uruks. Um, And so at Kirith Ungol, there's a split of orcs and uruks. Uh, Uruks being more powerful, stronger. um, I know. Probably more savage as well. So I know that this is me interjecting, and part of it is intentional um, (laughs) because of how often you interrupt me. But uh, have I ever pointed out that I feel like uruk just sounds like Squidward choking on a fork? I think you did when we, were, it when we were covering familiar. the two towers. When I was talking about the Urukai, yeah. uh, and doing kind of, I think I talked a little bit about like the difference between Urukai and Uruks and yeah. Orcs and Goblins and whatnot. <laughs> um, but the, we see an Uruk and an Orc mm-hmm. um, going through Frodo's possessions. Right, right. They've got like his shirt, his bag, yeah. you know. Um, a bunch of different stuff that they're tearing through. At one point, we see them arguing over his mithril shirt. Yeah, they're basically like arguing over who gets what. Yeah, yeah. And so the um, one of them, I'm trying to remember which one it is. I'm trying to turn on my subtitles real quick. Okay. Hmm. So the Uruk, which if you're looking at watching the movie, it's the bigger one of the two, mm-hmm. right? The Orc has like the greenish skin, whereas the Uruk has like the, like a, almost like a brownish gray skin yeah. um, kind of color to him. Uh, so the Uruk, the bigger one of the two, wants the, the shiny shirt, as he calls it, for himself, mm-hmm. whereas the Orc is, like, is basically like, no, it's going to the Great Eye, a.k.a. the Eye of Sauron. Right. Uh along with all of the other possessions. Um, and so, like, at this point, you know, Sauron knows that a hobbit has the ring. Mm-hmm. And his orcs and uruks have captured a hobbit. Now, Sauron may not know exactly what a hobbit is, but he knows someone of roughly this size, roughly this, you know, yeah. dimensions or whatever you want to call it, measurements, what have you, you know, a description size. of what a hobbit, hobbit is... Um, <laughs> and so his orcs and orcs have captured one. Um, and so they're just bringing everything that this hobbit has to Sauron for Sauron to inspect to see if the ring is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and with one of the orcs wanting to keep a shiny shirt, well, they're looking for something shiny. That's probably a big no go because yeah. for all the orcs know. That might be what Sauron's looking for. It's shiny. It's very expensive. Yeah. It's you know. Yeah. Um, and they start arguing, and a brawl breaks out yeah. between the two of them. Yeah, and arguing um, over the shirt, and we can see Frodo kind of comes to at this point as well, and he's kind of feeling around for where the ring went, as he does yeah. not have it anymore. Right. Um, they do. They are kind of um, like you said, a brawl kind of kicks out yeah. the. Uruk uh, kicks the orc down kind of like a hole. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty well the entrance to that yeah. top tower. But down that, they fall down to other orcs or uruks, whatever. Big group. Both, um, yeah. The larger one, the, the uruk then shouts down at the others and says, he tried to kill me, kill him, basically. And then a huge fight yeah. breaks out. Uh, orcs are falling <clears throat> off towers. 
Yeah. Um, and they, they, they just start killing each other. Like, there's a whole, like, fight just breaking it, out amongst all these And guys. it basically breaks out, because it's not even just orcs versus uruks in this fight, either. No, it's like it, everybody it's, against everybody. It's like small groups of orcs against other small groups of yeah. orcs and uruks. Small groups of uruks versus right. other groups of orcs <laughs> and uruks. Like, it is, it's like four or five of them band together and fight everybody else. Yep. It is. It's. It's basically like a battle royale, like a like a five person five person team battle royale at this point, yeah. because that's yeah. When it comes to orcs and uruks and even goblins to an extent, not so much with urukai because they're the way that they're made from Saruman. They've got a little more intelligence to them, a little more strategy and mm-hmm. whatnot to them. Um, but when it comes to like orcs and uruks, mainly a little bit in goblins, unless they have some like oversight, they mm-hmm. have some sort of leader present. Mm-hmm. They will fight just to fight. Yeah, they will cannibalize on each other. <laughs> it, it, it is is what is what will happen. And so, like, orcs were there. Orcs and uruks were here before Sauron took power, right? And so, as I've said before, the first orcs or uruks came from elves being captured and tortured and disfigured and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know. And, you know, their minds being messed with and what have you. And so orcs and uruks, they will fight just to fight. You know, like, like they have, like, they are, like, the definition of, like, that pent-up aggression. Yeah. No, no, like, uh, part in their brain that stops them from doing what come stops them what, from doing what just comes to mind. You yeah. know, they have to have some sort of external force to keep them in check. Otherwise, they don't form these large armies like we see in the movies or read about in the books. Yeah. Because they can't organize very well on their own. They'll get into, like, small war bands of maybe upwards of 20 or 30, you know, um, at the most. But going much higher than that, it just kind of breaks down and they just start fighting each other, whether it be for food or who's in charge or just because they're Uh off and they want to kill something. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so we see that happen here. They don't have any sort of leadership. They don't have any sort of like one guy in control. So yeah. as soon as conflict arises, no matter how small, yeah, they just break it's, out. It's and just let it all go. No hold barred, you know. Yeah, nothing hold back. Held yeah, back. they they just go for it, and and we see it happen. As you said, we see like orcs and uruks getting like kicked off of the walls and falling down. And at one point, you see an orc grab like this giant, like almost like a piece of meat still on the bone and starts whacking other orcs and uruks with it. They just grab whatever they can and start swinging. They don't care as long as they can kill stuff. Right. Uh, And so, yeah, this whole thing breaks out and it's just once some of them see others fighting, they're like, yeah, let me get on on that. And they charge in and join the brawl. And it turns into this fight of what are supposed to be allies. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're supposed to be. N- not not even necessarily allies. Soldiers in one army. Yeah. Right? Because it's not even like two different armies. It's, yeah, it's one true. army. Yeah. Soldiers in one army just fighting each other up and down this <laughs> fortress. It's not like confined to one, like, one courtyard or up on one wall. It's across the entire thing. Right. Um, meanwhile, we do see, and it kind of cuts ahead a little bit, but Sam is making his way up that tower trying yeah. to get up to Frodo. And... As he's working his way up there, he's just passing a lot of dead orcs and uruks. Yeah. Like, he's passing the aftermath of this just pure brawl chaos. Oh, absolutely, Slaughter yeah. kind of thing. And I kind of get the impression, 
right? Or trying to kind of put a timeline to it, mm-hmm. right? Sam is coming up on Curtis Ungel. Mm-hmm. As we see him first see the fortress, fighting is, has to still be happening because he can't arrive too long after because when we see Frodo next. Right, yeah. Right? Yep. Um, because when we see Sam going, like you said, he's passing a bunch of dead orcs and uruks. Um, and he's, you know, he's got Sting out and he's, you know, he's got his sword from Aragorn on his, on his hip and he, you know, he can pull it with ease at any time he needs to. Um, but not too much time can pass because as he makes his way up, we do see him cut through like four or five Uruks. Um, and then it jumps to Frodo who is still conscious and the orc, um, that was kicked down the ladder is back up there in the tower and he's like about to kill Frodo. He says something like, I'm going to stick you like a stuck pig or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And Sam shows up behind him and kills him. Um, Wait, yeah. The on his way, way, on his, oh, you, you're not to that part yet. You're just saying that the timeline wise. Yeah. The, yeah. You know, the only way I could see a little bit of time passing here is if the Uruk that was still up in the tower, the one that hollers down and basically yeah. starts the whole brawl. Yeah. Right? Is if he climbed down the ladder to join the fight. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and that's the only way I could see it happening, which, I mean, would not be out of line for Uruks or Uruks uh, because they just like a good brawl. Um, but that's the only way I could see that happening. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, as Sam's working his way up the tower, he does eventually get to Frodo and, and like yeah. you just said, kills the one that's up there. But before that, he did kill three orcs or orcs. I don't know. I didn't pay attention. I didn't make note of them. Yeah. Whatever they are. Um, um, he... I'm looking real quick. Kills, they, they look like Uruks. They look okay. bigger, a little, a little more, a little stronger, a little yeah. bigger. But either way, he fights um, him and kills him. And as he's doing so, he says, uh, you know, basically, like, this is for Frodo. This is for the Shire. And this is for his old gaffer, as he put it, yeah. which his dad, his old man, right? His father. Yeah. Um, it, I looked it up. A, that's basically what it was. Yeah, but it's, like, it's just a term that some hobbits use for yeah. like their, their old man. Um, I tried looking into it. It, it. There wasn't any like history between like the, he's like getting revenge on him because they did something no. to his dad. He was just saying this is for everybody that I love. Basically, yeah, and because like again, as we see at the very beginning of the Hobbit movies, mm-hmm. right, or the the Unexpected Journey, and as we see at the very beginning of Fellowship of the Ring, like Hobbits don't interact with the outside world. No, they're just very self. Yeah, the the, 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 the most we see of Hobbits interacting with the outside world is in Bree. Which yeah. is fairly close to Shire, anyways. So, yeah. so yeah, like no, nothing would have happened um, to like Sam's father for him to say that out of like a revenge type of deal or or an Avenger type of um, response to it. the The only thing we really see within Middle Earth of like hobbits fighting mm-hmm. is when there's like it's somewhere in the lore, like a goblin army invades and tries taking the land of the Shire and the surrounding mm-hmm. land and whatnot, and the hobbits fight back. Yeah. Which we do get a little bit of uh, kind of like exaggerated story in. Uh, an unexpected journey with Gandalf and Bilbo talking about that's how the game of golf was invented. You know, with hitting oh. the Hobbit ki- or the the Goblin King's head yeah. off of his body, sailing hundred yards down a rabbit hole. Uh, yeah. Now that's what he's referring to. He's referring to that battle way back when. Yeah. Um, but that's really the only, as far as I'm aware, that's kind of the really the only instance of seeing like hobbits fight. Okay. Um, until we get to like Bilbo going with uh, Thorin's company, yeah. and then we've got yeah. the four hobbits and Lord of the Rings right. going with the Fellowship. Yeah. Um, so. But as you said, uh, <clears throat> Sam gets to the top and skewers that one. 
uh, Uruk that is mm-hmm. like threatening to yeah. stick Frodo. Mm-hmm. Um, Frodo, it, he gets cut free, but then he apologizes to him, so, to Sam saying that he lost the ring. Yeah. But Sam reveals to him that no, he didn't. He has the ring because mm. he, he took it only for safekeeping, which we do see then that look of distrust yeah. that what? Once you're done. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, if, if I motion to my phone, it's like, once you're done, I got a thing. Yeah, I get you. Okay. okay. Um, similar to when we're recording over um, Discord or whatever we do, I am just going to look here and ignore what you just did. <laughs> and uh, you're just going to have to eventually interrupt me, and then I'll get mad at you, and we'll just, you know, it'll, it'll be fine. Um, but that kind of seed that, um, you know, Gollum had placed yeah. is, is you can kind of see it twist and like, he's definitely <clears throat> distrustful like he's like he just wants it for himself like why does he have it but he does give it to frodo and he takes yeah. it again and saying that it's his burden um and the ring will destroy sam yeah and i'm even, just gonna keep talking um i actually don't have anything <laughs> to even say. Go in ahead. that scene as well though we, we do see because like you were saying sam does hand it back yeah but we do see a brief moment where sam kind of like recoils as yeah, frodo he, goes to take it so it's like you can see the ring influencing sam as well for the short time that, sam is holding it is it that or is it him seeing frodo how mm-hmm. he's reacting towards it and being hesitant because of the damage that it's causing on his friend i i truthfully i would say it, it's the ring influencing sam because the only hobbits that we see or the only people we see within Middle Earth that have any sort of resistance to the ring, right, is, is Bilbo and Frodo. They have they have some sort of like almost like natural resistance to it. Because yeah. like Bilbo holds on to it for 60 years. Yeah. You know, and he's still, you know, he's Bilbo. Yeah. You know, he, he still does his thing and hangs out and doesn't do anything evil or turn or anything like that. Uh, and Frodo, for... I think it's like 17 years, I think it is, from when he gets the ring to the start of the of the of them heading to Rivendell. Mm-hmm. Frodo holds on to it for 17 years and doesn't go bad and doesn't have like the negative effects we're seeing now. Um, but those are the only two. And Sam doesn't have the ring for even more, for more than a day, yeah. right? Uh, and, and so like, I assume that since Bilbo had some sort of like natural resistance to it, Frodo would have some sort of natural resistance as well because they're related. Something in their uh. genes or what have you um, kind of gives some somewhat of a resistance. But Sam's not part of their family. I... So like the ring, I would think, would influence him a lot faster than Frodo or Bilbo. And Because like, we see the same thing with Boromir. Yeah. Boromir never touches the ring. And True. we see the influence it has on him. That's fair. I don't know if I... Okay, so I can... Maybe. Maybe on that, but I, I don't think I agree with um, that being why he's hesitant. It's such a minuscule detail right. to try to get hung up on. I don't, um, I think, I don't know. I It's whatever. But like, personally, I, I do think it's it's a oh, just an instance of showing the ring's influence on someone. Yeah. And, and how maybe. quickly it can happen. It's possible. Because even back in the Fellowship of the Ring, we see a, a smidgen of it when Frodo offers the ring to Aragorn. Yeah. Aragorn kind of like, hovers over to grab it for a second but then he's like no this is yours i'm not taking it you know i think it's just another iteration a small iteration of showing that the ring can influence people whether they touch it or not whether they're if they do touch it if they're holding it for eight hours it can have an influence on them yeah it's that powerful of an artifact or an object maybe um Um, the other thing that i wanted to point out as well is while this is happening we do see that uruk that um, 
kicked the orc down the the, the mm-hmm. hole for the tower. We do see him leaving Kurth Ungle with Frodo's mithril shirt. And it specifically is, and this is an extended edition scene. It specifically zooms in on the mithril shirt that he's holding as he's fleeing from Kurth Ungle. Hmm. I I know <clears throat> that that it isn't like it ends up elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But I didn't I guess realize uh that it that yeah. it, it emphasized that. Well, and we will see point. the Mithril shirt a little later on. That's what I'm saying. As I and knew that, that it would, I knew that it left this tower, and I knew mm, somehow it got there, but I didn't recognize that this well, emphasized it. The scene where we see the Mithril shirt later on is another extended edition scene. So, I mean, in terms of extended edition, extended edition scenes, it would make sense to show that it actually does leave Kurthungul. Yeah. So, I like I can see why they put that in there, and since they didn't include the other scene in the base movie. The theatric cut, I could see why they would take this scene out as well. Because yeah. then, it, then it'd be like, okay, well, we saw it leave Kurt and go, well, where'd it go? We just never yeah, see it again. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. But we we do see it leave Kurt and go with the Uruk um, that basically started the conflict. Yeah. Um, and both of these, or- this Orc and Uruk have names. Um, I want to say the Orc's name is like Shagrat. I'm going to call him Unga. Um, I'm trying to think of the Oryx name. Bunga. <laughs> I'm just, their group, them two together, I'm going to refer to as Unga Bunga. <laughs> but I think it's like Shagrat and... Meshach. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> I, I can't think of the other one. If, if I remember it, I'll, I'll mention it, but I'm drawing a blank on it okay. now. Um, but anyway, uh, Frodo and Sam gear up like orcs and proceed onward because they don't have... Well... Frodo doesn't have his clothes. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, really, Frodo's stuff should be there in the tower, except for the mithril shirt. would think so. Yeah, because it specifically shows that Uruk leaving Kurth Ungol with only the mithril shirt. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, why didn't he just grab his clothes? Yeah. <laughs> um, but as they're moving, they come across, like, kind of up on a hill, and they see so many orcs. And Uruk's, there's so many. Yeah. Um, They also do see the Eye of Sauron up in the uh, tower, the other tower, you know. Yeah, and because as they're looking down, like you said, they see, like, the the whole army. It's not that they're seeing, like, the individuals. They just see, like, all the torches and campfires spread out across um, the the land of Mordor between them and Mount Doom, um, which, as well, we can see off in the distance, um, as well as the Eye of Sauron off in the distance. Yeah, um, Frodo's bothered by this. Kind of, you know, is like he doesn't think they're going to make it, but Sam be- uh, basically says one foot in front of the other. Um, yeah, because they're kind of like up on a like a hilltop, and he's, I, basically, he's basically just like, let's just get down the hill first and see what happens. Yeah, like let's just, yeah, let's, yeah, like, like you said, um, one foot in front of the other, just got to play it by ear. At this what's point. the old uh, Christmas movie where it was okay that? Cable wasn't actually plugged in all the way, but we still have audio, so <laughs> that was skeptical. I'm skeptical on that. But anyway, there was an old one. Um, it was like one of those, like, like a year without the, a Santa Claus or something, you know, like those, like, animated, like, puppet. Like, they're not animated, but the puppets that's, like, stop motion. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, one foot in front of the other. There, I don't know. There's a whole <laughs> song about it. I was, it, it's never yeah. mind. Moving on. Um, we cut over to Gandalf and company. 
I'm just going to do that. So listing everybody that's there. Plus it's a whole <laughs> army. So, you know, but yeah. um, obviously I would have only listed key characters regardless. Right. Well, Gandalf I mean, says that he can no longer see Frodo. Like, cause you know, he's always kind of got that a, a bit of an yeah. awareness um, because of who he is, but he right. can almost no like, see almost him. like a little bit of like an omnipresence to him. Yeah. But um, he can no longer see Frodo. Yeah. And I mean, this scene is basically um, the trio Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, Gandalf, and Eomir right now. So there's not too many in this scene specifically. Uh, you're probably thinking of the next scene right after, would be my guess. Oh, in this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, th- this is basically just like a, not necessarily a meeting of the leaders, right? Because there'd still be, if it was, there'd be other like captains or whatnot of Rohan um, that would be there and like captains and whatnot of Gondor as well. Uh, we'd probably see some other like people here. This is basically just like, the people that need to know this are here. Yeah. And since Theoden is now dead because he, because of his death at the Battle of Pelennor Fields. Right. Eomer is next in line for the throne of Rohan. Yeah. So it would make sense that Eomer is here. Yeah. Um, we do have some other like named figures like Eowyn and Faramir yeah. and whatnot. But as we saw earlier in the movie, both of them are injured. Right. So like they they wouldn't be present for a meeting like this as they would need to be recovering. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Gandalf starts saying like that he sent Frodo to his death, um, kind of showing a bit of doubt. Um, but Aragorn reassures Gandalf, saying that they can draw out Sauron's forces by marching on the Black Gate, yeah. kind of causing a, div- a diversion so that, you know, obviously mm-hmm. his eye is elsewhere. And yeah. that then they can kind of free up some mm-hmm. of potential attention on uh, Frodo and, and Sam. Yeah, and because... Sauron with his forces is in kind of a sticky situation, right? Because mm-hmm. Sauron sends well over 100,000 orcs and uruks to Minas Tirith to try and take it and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and his army's killed to the man, mm-hmm. right? Or to the orc, mm-hmm. more, you know, more correctly. So he loses, like, a, I don't know what kind of percentage of his forces. A huge amount of his troops, and so the only troops Sauron has left in terms of the movie that we know of is his troops in uh, Mordor. Mm-hmm. If you look at like the expanded world and lore and whatnot, um, Sauron does send like Haradrim so with like mm-hmm. the big elephants and whatnot. He mm-hmm. sends forces up to attack Erebor as well as Mirkwood. Um, and so like up there, there is fighting going on between the elves and the dwarves allying with each other against Sauron's forces. Um, and in those battles, we do see the death of, um, it's Bard's great grandson. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Hmm. So it's like Bard because he becomes King Bard after, you know, right. at the end of, of the Hobbit. Um, but his grandson is King at this point, cause, you know, 60 years have passed. Um, and so there we see the death of Him. the King of Dale, but we also see the death of King Dane who takes hmm. over for over right becoming the king of erebor and the dwarves yep uh both of them die huh. at those the the battles there as the as other forces of mordor are assaulting erebor hmm. uh, but they do like push the forces back so like right around this time with the battle of Minas Tirith ending we also see like the if you look at read the other books of the expanded lore and whatnot you would see the um you would read about like the battle of erebor as well as the battles for mirkwood ending as well um up further up in like like i said airborne mercury we see in the hobbit and it's so, like all of this kind of ends right around the same time 
So Sauron's, he's taken a bunch of land, right? Mm-hmm. He sent his forces out. He was taking parts of Mirkwood. He was taking parts of uh, Eskaroth, which is where Dale and Lake Town are located. You know, he's pushed across. He's taken Osgiliath. He's taken Ithilien, where the Ithilien rangers come in, which is the people of Far- Faramir leads to the archer dudes, right? Yeah. He takes all of this land. He's pushing out. He's conquering. And then all of a sudden, in quick succession... He loses so much of this land that he's taken. He loses so many troops. And so he still has, like, I think they say roughly like 10,000 soldiers or troops or orcs, whatever you want to refer to them as, mm-hmm. still in Mordor. But compared to his overall forces, this is like, this is a huge fraction, or maybe more correctly, a small fraction of his, whichever one applies there. He's so many less troops. Uh, oh, wait. <laughs> You know what? I'm not going to waste brain power on it because I have very little I'm running on. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, and so, like, Sa- Sauron has so few troops now. And because Gimli even makes a comment in this scene of, like, let him stay there, let him rot. Why do we care? Mm-hmm. Right? And I think Gandalf or Aragorn says that, like, well, right now, 10,000 orcs are between Frodo and Mount Doom. And Gimli's mm-hmm. like, oh, crap, you right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And so it's like, yes, Sauron has been pushed back for a time. But with him being pushed back, a huge obstacle has been put in front of Frodo and Sam to try and destroy the ring. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Gandalf says mm-hmm. that he doesn't think Sauron will take the bait, but Aragorn disagrees. Aragorn then goes to the, um, uh, what are those things called? The seeing eye ball thingy, my bobbers. Oh, he has. That's the, actually actually I got it right. That's the name of it. So, he's got the Palantir that they took from Saruman. Right, Planner Wart. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, he's there in the throne room. This scene as well is another uh, yeah extended edition probably, scene. Yeah. Um, but he picks it up and reveals himself to Sauron, and by that I mean shows us whack. <laughs> Sorry. Um, come on. I mean, though, reveals himself. I don't know why I didn't think of that when I wrote it down. That I should have phrased it a different way. Um. I also, that's just, never mind. Aragorn sees a flash of a dead Ar- Ugh. a dead Arwen uh, and drops the, kind of like the, the necklace thing that he's wearing and it yeah. breaks. It's like the, the even star. Yeah. Like, we, we hear Elrond talking about it earlier in right. the movie of like, uh, the even star is failing, her fate is tied to the fate of the ring because she's giving up her immortality so right. she can be with the man she loves and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, um but then and, it, it cuts ahead and they're leaving Minas yeah. Tirith. We do actually see this scene that it shows here earlier. Yeah. It's it's uh it's like a nightmare. It's the nightmare that um Aragorn is having. Oh yeah. Right before he goes to meet with Elrond and receives um the blade that was broken. Right. This was um when he was he was sleeping in the bed on a Tengwar Pedic, right? Yeah. 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 Um, check out them once more. They, 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 got, <laughs> they got they got swords and bows and catapults, but they got Tempur-Pedic Tengwarpedics. They do. They have Tengwarpedic Orcopedic mattress, dude. Those are the best in Middle Earth. Check them out today. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you, dude. You gotta use code in depth or something, and don't question the ethics. I don't know, whatever. Just it's it get get sleep, get sleep yeah. easy, friend. That was the thing. <laughs> We're uh, moving ahead. <laughs> in in the scene as well where he's showing himself to Sauron, one little detail I do like in the scene yep. is that we see that ring again on Aragorn's hand um, that Grima tells 
Saruman about in the second movie, where it's got the the two snakes, one devouring, one whatever. Yeah, and I like that they, they they keep that stuff in there. Cause again, that's another one of those small details they don't need to have in there. Right. You know, so I like that they do keep that in there, and you can still see that he is wearing the van braces, the the gauntlets uh, that he took from Baromir after yeah, Baromir right. dies. He's still right. wearing them. You know, as and again, as I've said, I've said before, like his you know, like his homage to his like res- respect respecting. You know, his dying actions, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Homage. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Pronounce stuff right, and I won't correct you. Sorry. <laughs> um, another thing I like in this scene as well is, and I don't know if you picked up on it. Probably not, but I don't but know what Aragorn you're going to say. When Aragorn shows the blade to Sauron through the plantier, we can see a scene in the plantier of Isildur cutting the ring from Sauron's hand. Oh, yeah. From that scene all the way back to the beginning yeah, of the first Yeah, so movie. it's like, this is the sword, buddy. Watch yeah, out. Yeah, and, and it's showing that like Sauron recognizes yeah. that blade. Like It's not just like a, I hey, just that. a reminder, guys. This is that blade. It's like, Sauron recognizes this blade. He, he has a close and personal hatred for this blade. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we then see a scene of Eowyn and Faramir talking before he grasps her hand. So another, she's moved on. Another extended scene. Yeah, way. yeah. But she's moved on from Aragorn yeah. a little bit. She's catching some feelings for good old Faramir, just like, Faramir, just like his brother <laughs> caught arrows. And oh, actually, he caught arrows too. Man, these guys <laughs> suck are. at catching arrows. <laughs> well, they're good at catching. Never mind. Um, also, I just just sidestep because I feel like I'm all over the place. Didn't get much sleep last night. And I'm kind of at that stage where I feel slap happy, but also like, that's why I've made so many <laughs> jokes so far, honestly. Um, but anyway, so just just disclaimer, if I'm not making sense, I'm a little bit tired, but I'm pushing through because this is fun and I like it. And I like making stupid jokes and being dumb and making Evan mad, even though it's not really working too well. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to shut up. This scene here as well that we're seeing of Faramir and Eowyn. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously another scene that's in the books, right? Okay. It's an extended scene. And it's in the book. It's like a full chapter of like them meeting each other and starting to like fall in love with each other type uh-huh. of deal, um, which they kind of show with the holding hands. But yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's one of those scenes. It's like, yeah, it's kind of nice. That they put it in there for the extended edition, but it's definitely not needed whatsoever for like the movie. Mm-hmm. What like Mm-mm. you know, and so like even if they kept this out of the extended edition, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we cut over to Sam and Frodo again, and they see the orcs and orcs, whatever the groups, the the bad guys, mm-hmm. um, or as Evan called earlier, the baddies, which I don't I just <laughs> don't. Don't use that phrase. Don't use that word. Um, but they see... The <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to. I was just about okay. to use it just as a joke. Uh, but they see them moving out of Mordor, and um, some come up to, to pass by where they're at. Yeah, and this part, too, where we see the orcs and whatnot moving past where Frodo and Sam are, another extended edition scene. Yeah, I can see it. Not yeah, in the theatric version, it literally goes from... Sam saying the let's just make it down the hill first to all of the orcs already gone and just jumps past this whole part. Hmm. Um, but some of them pass by them and they get pulled up to join the march and note that they are still dressed like orcs, which yeah, still, I mean, size and stuff. You would think that the whatever, but right. Well, and cause like 
orcs vary in size and you know whatnot more so than like orcs or urukai so like having shorter kind of stumpier orcs is not terribly uncommon mm-hmm. and so like even when you see them like as they're being forced along with the orcs like you can see some of the orcs are right around the same height as them maybe like a couple inches taller so it's, it's not terribly out of place for like why don't the orcs realize they're not orcs you know because mm-hmm. like Orcs are smelly, they're stinky, they're disgusting, they're gross, they looked terrible, right? Frodo and Sam have not showered or bathed in how long? So they also and They're probably smell. just as ripe. <laughs> and, you know, with their disguises on, us watching, we can kind of see, like, the skin around their eyes, and, yeah. you know, but in terms of, like, troops moving, like, no one's going to take the time to look under the helmet to see if you're really an orc or not because they're just being forced to wa- along via whips. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. Um, we, let's see, where was I? Oh, uh, the, so they're dragging them along and the orcs stop for inspection and one of the big just brutes uh, notices Sam and starts moving towards him. Yeah, and this specific orc mm-hmm. is called a seer. Um. From my understanding, the seer orcs do have a little bit of like a magic to them, hence why it recognizes and it sees Sam and it kind of like bellows out and like starts making his way its way towards Frodo and Sam, um, because we see it has like that milky eye, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which, That's how I like eyes described. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we see it has the like the I, I don't know what else to call it besides a milky eye, frothy, um, a frothy eye. Okay, cloudy. <laughs> um. But when it sees Sam, that eye goes wide. Like, it recognizes right away. And if that one recognizes right away, why did none of the other others recognize right away? Yeah, it's, type it's of deal. definitely you know, It has a some of sort of, like, almost like a true sight type of deal. Like, it sees through the, the disguise. Yeah. Like, instantly. So, I just, personally, I think there's maybe not a whole lot of magic to them, just a smidgen. Yeah. Uh, to where they can kind of see through that. Yeah. Um, and, again, these are the ones that are, like... As, as you said, they called for inspection. So these are the ones that are making sure that like the orcs are here. They've got their equipment. They yeah. don't need to be in lines because orcs don't know how to form lines. <laughs> um, you know, just making sure that the orcs are ready to go fight. Um, yeah. And as you said, or as I, I guess I kind of said, it, it sees the two of them and starts making its way mm-hmm. towards them. We kind of jump back to like Aragorn and Gandalf and all of them. As yeah, there's a lot of jumping back and forth. Around. but um, In the books, though... I'll just mention it now because it does jump right back to like Aragorn and all the forces of Rohan and Gondor moving in. In the books, there's a whole thing of basically this army that Aragorn is leading of Rohan and Gondor with Aemir and Legolas, Gimli, Gandalf, Merry and Pippin, everybody. As they're moving through... You stop that, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Um, of them moving through and they, they push back through like Osgiliath and retake Osgiliath. They push through up through Athelion, which is the land uh, on the east side of Osgiliath where Ministerius is on the, the west side. And it's like this whole trail of them fighting orc forces as they're falling back towards Mordor. Um, and like there's like cavalry battles and all this other kind of stuff as they're, as they're fighting their way to the Black Gate. It's not just they... they waltz all on in you know easy peasy like and the reason that we'll see so few troops at the battle of the black gates is because they've had to fight all the way to reach the black gates mm-hmm. it's not like they just took like this small handful of troops like two or three hundred or however many there are 
they had to fight all mm. the way to the Black Gates against um, against orcs and uruks, against uh, stragglers of the Haradrim. Um, and so it's it's like the movie. This is another one of those things where the movie does not do a very good job of showing it, right? And I've kind of brought it up before in some other areas. This is another this is another spot where it doesn't really do a good job of showing that just because Sauron lost at Minas Tirith doesn't mean doesn't mean he automatically lost all of the other land that he took. The the forces of of good have to fight back and take those mm, those lands mm-hmm. because even after Sauron t- takes Osgiliath, even after he takes the lands of Athelion and the different citadels and fortresses there, they're obviously going to leave forces there to garrison those places, you know, to make sure they stay in their hands. And so these guys have to fight all the way through. Hmm. <clears throat> um, as it's approaching them, though, Sam has the idea to start a fight. Um, so him and Frodo start a fight. And uh, in the commotion, they slip away into a tent. Mm-hmm. Now, something I didn't mention I wrote down here um, – in this, there is a scene where Sam notices Frodo's neck, where the necklace is mm. that he is that he has the the ring attached to, and it his neck looks very scarred, kind of yeah. like this is having. I mean, it's obviously having an effect on him, but it's damaging him. It's yeah, like maybe it, yeah, maybe it's just because it's pulling down like a physical weight, but just kind of like, like a scarred. When I see that scene, it looks more like like burn blisters, like or, it's, okay, like it's yeah. burning. Yeah, because um, I mean, you got to think as well, right? They're in the land of Mordor, right? And what's in the land of Mordor? Mount Doom. What is Mount Doom? It's a freaking volcano. What's in volcanoes? Lava. What's Even in lava? <laughs> We're not continuing it. Burnt, no, burnt no, no. rocks and probably mushy, globby corpses. Yeah, what's in that? <laughs> I, how long? <laughs> uh, Do you just I, see I my brain it. short out? Yeah, I did. Did you I, see that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> God, continue. <laughs> Um, and so like during the day and, and Boromir even mentions it in, uh, the fellowship of the ring, it, it's a barren wasteland of molten ash and toxic fumes, you know, it's like non-livable. And the only reason the orcs can live here is because they kill each other and cannibalize each other <laughs> because there's no living life here besides orcs and uruks, you know? And so like during the day in this hellscape, it's got to be terribly hot. It's got to be like standing in a desert at noon or one o'clock in the afternoon. You know? Yeah. It's got to be. And and we see later on while they're here, as it starts to go to quote unquote nighttime, mm-hmm. they're like shivering, they're freezing, which is the same thing that happens in deserts. Yeah. Because like quick freaking uh, weather info for you guys, like in deserts, Evan there's is a not meteorologist. a whole lot of water. So there's not a whole lot of clouds. Uh-huh. Believe it or not, clouds actually have a little bit to do with trapping in heat. And so when there's no clouds there, heat doesn't get trapped in. Nighttime comes, it just rises and goes away. I want you to become a meteorologist and I <laughs> tune in every night to see you. Um, and just so to make fun of you, but you know. Basically the same thing is happening here, except instead of like not having clouds, they have like smoke in the air, which would rise as well with the heat. <laughs> So like there's 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 not water and smoke for anybody that didn't know surprise surprise, so there's nothing to pull it down to trap the heat. So when nighttime comes, it probably gets down to like freaking ten fifteen degrees or something ridiculous like that. Hence why a little later on we see them freezing. Yeah. After they after they get away from all the water <clears throat> and stuff. Um, but they slip away. 
uh, they then, you know, get and out and head towards Mount Doom. Uh, time passes. They do get closer. They pause, and Frodo says, "How much of the weight? <laughs> how much of a weight the ring is to carry?" <laughs> you saying that as well as what I just saw here made me laugh. Why? Because. Watching this as they're slipping into the tent, if you look at Sam, you can still see the pots and pans attached to his waist. <laughs> and it's like, I'm sorry, Sam. You guys are trying to sneak in as orcs. Why are you carrying cooking utensils? <laughs> That's funny. Like, orcs take chunks of meat, probably of other orcs, uh-huh. stick them on a stick, if they can find sticks, probably weapons that they've stolen. And hang them over a fire, and that's how they cook. And they just pull it off the fire with their hands. Why are you carrying cooking utensils? <laughs> and you, me seeing that, and you saying like, that. you me seeing that, and then you saying like Frodo talking about the weight of the ring of being a burden is just like, oh yeah. My imagine goodness. the weight of the cooking utensils. <laughs> imagine the weight of the pots and pans that Sam felt he needed to hold on to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they do they do shed off the armor a little bit, and they sit. Mm. Um, Sam notices light and beauty above the clouds of this just horrible place. Yeah. Um, and it's like one small little break in the smoke yeah, and ash. Yeah. But you know, Frodo so. is losing strength. I mean, he's pretty well already lost yeah. it, but he's, he's just kind of out of it now. Mm. Um, we cut over to Aragorn leading his men to the Black Gate. Uh, and then there's a lot of back and forth again, but then back to Frodo and Sam. Uh, Frodo is out of water, so Sam offers him his, mm. and Frodo comments, saying that there's none left for the return journey, to which Sam replies, I don't think there's going to be a return journey. Yeah, which is... It's kind of a... Th- the sh- it, Not even kind of. It's a shift in mindset for Sam. Because yeah. earlier in, in the movies, I think in the second movie... Frodo mentions something about not making it back, and Sam says, no, we'll go there and back again, just like Mr. Bilbo. You know, yeah. and, and Sam's kind of come to the realization now, especially after losing the food the food when Gollum threw it over the stairs. Yeah. You know, and now having no water, Sam's come to the realization that this is a one-way trip. Yeah. And it's kind of funny, but kind of sad that he comes to this realization, like, right here at the end of the trip. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, it's a, it just, again, it's just kind of like that shift in mindset that we see Sam yeah. having, um, which I think we, we see quite a bit throughout the movies, because like, for the longest time, Sam is the, he's like, I don't know if you want to call it like the joy of the group, or like the Yeah, hope, well, he's definitely the one that's the more optimistic. Yeah, and, and so, and we slowly see, if you really pay attention, you can slowly see that mindset changing in Sam as their journey progresses. Yeah. Especially um, here at the end is when we see the most drastic change. Right, right. Um, um, but they keep going. Uh, Frodo is clearly losing it as he's swatting yeah. at things that aren't there. And then they are almost spotted by the eye. But Frodo does this weird like little drop thing. But they, they fall <laughs> down. They're hidden. I guess it doesn't right. see them. Well, because like, it's one of those things, though, where I have to imagine the eye does see Frodo. Because it shows the, the the they have like this light that comes from the eye to kind of show its its view it's, of what yeah, it's looking at. Yeah, it definitely you know? seems like he sees and, him, and it but it comes like, right across Frodo and it, do, it jumps to the eye of Sauron for a second, where we see like the iris of the eye kind of like close a little bit, almost like almost like he's zooming in through his binoculars. Yeah, he's kind of focusing mm-hmm. in on it. But before Sauron can really focus in on it, Frodo does his weird collapse fall thing, 
behind a rock. Yeah. Um, to get out of view and Sauron's gaze is redirected. Um, as we do get a quick scene, uh, I think right before this, of like Rohan and Gondor soldiers forming up outside of the Black Gates. Yeah. And so again, it like draws Sauron's gaze away from right. Sam. And um, we do we cut over to it's it's Aragorn, Gandalf, Merry, Pippin, Aomer, uh, Legolas, and Gimli. Uh, there I thought it was another one, but I don't know. But uh, yeah, there's one Gondor soldier that yeah. comes up with them. He's was, carrying the standard was he a, of Gondor. Yeah, but was he a named one no. at all? Okay then. Um, if he's named in the book, I don't remember. Yeah, that's fine. Um, if he was named in the book, my guess would be that he would be. Um, Oh, what's his name? It's like Barathor or something like that. In, in the books, it talks about this guy that becomes a close friend of Pippin. is one of like the captains of the Citadel Guard. Gotcha. Which is like the soldiers that we see in this movie that are like standing around the tree when yeah uh, when Pippin and Gandalf first go to talk to yeah. Denethor. Um, he's like a captain, a captain of that guard. Yeah. So if this is any named person, that would be my guess of who it is. Um, yeah. But I don't think he's named. He's just a, a random Gondor soldier with with the standard of Gondor. Yeah. Um, but Aragorn shouts over, like at the Black Gate. He says, "Let the Lord of the Black Land come forth and let justice be upon him." Uh, and the gate opens and outrides the. I mean, the whatever the mouth of Sauron. That's you know. That's what that's he's his called. name. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. AKA the poster <laughs> child for dental care importance. <laughs> um, but Gandalf tells him. Uh, um, to get lost, basically. I don't know. He like, oh yeah, he tells them all like, leave this land, like get yeah. out. Gandalf basically um, like gives their demands to him, right? Right, and because Sauron has not regained his mortal f- or his physical form, so Sauron doesn't just come out himself. And even if he had his physical form, he wouldn't just come out himself. He right. would send an emissary or a spokesperson, which is the mouth of Sauron. Right, and the um, mouth of Sauron as well falls into the kind of the same category as the nazgul Mm -hmm. as in he is a figure or a quote-unquote person that is so old that his name is not even remembered Mm. and he has been so corrupted by sauron uh that he's turned into what he is now Mm. and if while watching the movie you can see you can't see his eyes he's got like metal covering his eyes Mm -hmm. right and he's got this big old nasty mouth with these long sharp nasty teeth that like as he talks his gums are bleeding over yeah, and, and you can see if you really look around the armor around his mouth, you can see like almost like runes carved into it, hmm. which I only, can only imagine, or my best guess is more of like speech, like of the uh, the what black is, what speech, is, the black speech. Yes, that Gandalf yeah. talks about in the first movie, right, and that he kind of utters in Rivendell before the Fellowship is formed. Yeah, um, and so one thing with this as well is when they were filming this. They did like the makeup and the prosthetics on the actor that plays the mouth of Sauron. But after they filmed it, the edit the editing team went in and they blew up the mouth to make it bigger and more creepy. Yeah, I noticed that it was, it was, a, it was rather large. Yeah, um, and, and they basically did that for like that creep factor. That yeah. like, ugh, no. <laughs> yeah. You know, type of um, deal. Now, this guy, I remember seeing something where the guy who portrays the mouth of Sauron... Also was like significant in something else. Have you seen this? I remember seeing something about it a while a long a while back, but I don't remember what it is. Um he was also 
I I don't know. Hmm. I'm not gonna try to search it. It'd just take too oh. much time. Um. Yeah. But. Anyways. Oh, apparently with, he's in Star Wars. With Revenge the, of the Sith. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I don't know who that is. So. But. Oh, oh, I remember. He plays, uh, in Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith. That when. Okay. When I just said that. Yeah. You're gonna go further and say who it is, or are you yeah. just copying me and taking credit? No, I am. I, I know exactly who it is. All right, you turd. It's that guy that Obi Wan talks to when he first arrives at Utapau. Tyon yeah. meant. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's who it is. That guy. He has like the lines on his head. That right. Gonna go back. He's yeah. like the the some sort of official for the the Utapau government. Yeah. That's who it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He, um, he's, that's... he's the one that he like whispers to Obi Wan Kenobi. He's like. Uh, the separatists are here. General Grievous is here on whatever level. Um, yeah. And Obi Wan kind of whispers back, like, "If you have any warriors, now is the time. We're here to help." Type of deal. You know that that's that's this actor. He plays that guy in, in Revenge of the Sith. See, and that was the thing. That wasn't who I had actually um, seen that it was. Like there was another thing that he played, but that one is that one's definitely the most. Uh, yeah. As soon as you said Revenge of the to... Sith, I was like. Yes, that's what it is. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's funny. <laughs> um, which is kind of funny, though, as well, because we see a couple different actors that play in Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the most iconic ones being Christopher Lee playing Saruman and Count Dooku, you know, uh, being, I would say, the big one. Um, but with the mouth of Sauron, kind of going back to him, I kind of I had said that he's kind of on like in that category of the Nazgul, the ring race, right? Um, because again, in the Hobbit movies, we see Gandalf go to the tombs that were supposed to imprison the Nazgul, and Radagast shows up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if the mouth of Sauron was in one of those tombs as well, mm. but he falls in that same category, like I said, of being such an ancient figure, an ancient creature, person, whatever you want to call him. That his name is lost to to time. No one knows what his name once was. He's been so corrupted, just like the Nazgul. They were corrupted by Sauron when they took the rings. That there is no possible way for, just like the Nazgul, there is no possible way for him to be saved. He is so no, corrupted yeah. and has fallen so far. Hmm. And so... Um, even even if he was given the option of like, hey, you can be free of Sauron, here's one bajillion percent all the benefits from it and the zero negative yeah. things for it, he would still say no and stay with Sauron yeah. because he's so corrupted and so essentially so loyal mm-hmm. to Sauron, whether it be probably not even loyalty out of fear more than anything and like yeah. the, the corruption of his brain and the way he now thinks and whatnot, that like there is zero redemption for this guy. Yeah, um, but the mouth, or as Dane Cook would say, Muth, um, <laughs> says that he has a token to show them. He then pulls out the mithril and says that Frodo is dead and suffered greatly. Mm. Uh, Aragorn approaches him and just beheads him, um, then states to the others, I don't believe him. Uh, and then out marches the armies. Yeah. Now, super quick, I wanted to take a uh, break to do our ad. Uh, so let me jot down the time and play this ad for Evan. We'll insert it so you can hear it better. <laughs> uh, you know. But either way, here we are. <laughs> 
Do British stereotypes have absolutely nothing on you and your teeth? Are you in dire need of a teeth cleaning? Well, come on down to Dunedine Dentistry to clean them pearly, those pearly, bra those rusty streaked chompers. What? I, just call and get them fixed. <laughs> anyway, coming back. <laughs> um, Thanks to that ad. <laughs> Some things just watching right here now, noticing with the mouth of Sauron, just kind of a little more about him. Mm -hmm. Um is number one the mouth of sauron kind of gives this like who here has the authority to treat with me like he's coming out as a an, an emissary to dis discuss terms that sort of thing and sar or, and gandalf basically says we're not treating with anybody you are going to leave this land or tell your master to leave these lands never to return take his armies with him um and that's when he pulls out the mithril shirt and throws it to him and tells yeah. him Frodo died and whatnot. Um, but one thing I really noticed here watching it right now and kind of focusing on some things is that as he talks, his head itself really does not move to look at different people. But as they talk or they make noise, he kind of snaps to them. Yeah. Like he's blind, which would make sense with the armor covering his face. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. <clears throat> and when he talks about Frodo suffering, Right, at the hands of his host, like suffering all this pain and yeah. whatnot. He doesn't look like he's enjoying it. He doesn't look like he's like salivating over it like you would expect with someone that looks that creepy. Yeah. He almost looks kind of mournful, which is strange. Hmm. It, it's, it's, just, it's, it's hard to make out because we can only see his mouth. Right. right. But even the movement of the mouth, when someone is mourning or sad or something or regrets something or, you know, negative feelings towards something, even the mouth has different shapes and movements to it that you can recognize. And so it's this really weird thing of just watching it right now while you're grabbing your drink of it almost seems like somewhat of a sadness to him. Maybe not for Frodo specifically. Maybe the mouth of Sauron is thinking back at his own treatment is what I'm thinking. Maybe. As he talks about Frodo's suffering at the hands of his host, of enduring so much pain, someone so small enduring so much. Yeah. And he says it, as I listened, was with kind of like a, like that hint of sadness, that hint of remembrance, like, like he's remembering back to his own suffering because Sauron being who he is, 100% would have made the mouth of Sauron suffer and would have put him through excruciating pain. To corrupt him and turn him. Whether it be physical pain or mental anguish or what have you, he would have. You know, because if, if you want to corrupt someone, if you want to tear them down, turn them to your side, if you're a bad guy and they're maybe not necessarily a good guy, maybe a neutral guy that you're trying to turn to your side, you have to break them down. You have to destroy who they were to turn them into what you want them to be, which is this corrupt merciless disgusting gross creature cool um didn't ask so you jacob <laughs> <laughs> sorry i um i don't know maybe maybe i mean i i didn't really pick up on that um well because I noticed too, 
when <laughs> Pippin and Mary are kind of like Frodo no, and they're like oh Frodo, and they you, you they kind of are like putting together what the mouth of is saying and recognizing what he's saying and coming to the assumption that Frodo's dead. Yeah. Right? Again, we see scenes of the mouth of Sauron where he doesn't look like he's enjoying it. He doesn't look like he's savoring the yeah. pain to me, from them. To me, it seems more like just adding to the eeriness of it because you don't know what he's trying, like what he's, like the intent is, I guess. Right. I, I, when I'm watching and just hearing the way he says <clears> it, 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 it almost seems like it's coming from like this raw place within. Maybe. Is what it seems like. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but he's beheaded. He's gone. Yeah. Uh, also, by the way, at three hours and 19 minutes uh, and 46 seconds, you can see uh, Gandalf holding Merry or Pippin, whichever one, and you can clearly tell it's not them. Like, it's a child. You can tell. <laughs> it kind of looks like a messed up child. Like, what's, I think that there's prosthetics about... What's like, the time of it? Uh, three nineteen forty six. Forty six. I'm six seconds away. I want to see this. Yeah, just look in the background. You can tef- You can definitely tell. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And that that might just be a midget. I I can't I can't one hundred percent tell. That might just be a midget. <laughs> because like for some of these scenes though. To to get the size proportions right, they yeah. did. They have to get like midget, like stunt legitimate doubles. half halflings. Yeah, they, they they had to. Like that's yeah. not like saying anything bad about anything or anything like that. Like in terms of like filming the movie and getting the size comparisons right, yeah. they just they had to. Well, at least they're useful for something. So, um, <laughs> we. <laughs> I am joking. I am just uh, saying horrible things for. <laughs> the shock value and trying to be funny um but it's dumb and but no i i saw that and i'm like i just laughed because i'm like that looks yeah like you can so clearly tell with that as well though it cracks me up just kind of brought to my mind as well um one thing that cracks me up is with the actors they chose for the different characters i don't remember the actor's name but the actor that plays gimli Hmm. was the tallest actor on set that's funny for one of the characters that is like one of the shortest in the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what the actor's name is now. Um, but it was kind of us going on that with Mitch's and stuff just made me laugh and think of that. Yeah. Um, with the movie, though, as you said, we see the forces of Mordor coming out of the Black Gates. Right. And uh, Gandalf and Aragorn and them ride back to their Get ready troops. to fight and stuff, yeah. And we, we jump over to Frodo and Sam. Yep. As they're recovering, getting back up, as the eye has turned to see what's going on at the Black Gate, because uh-huh. going down. Yep. <laughs> Let me make a note, buddy. Uh, yeah. I've been doing a very good job so no, far. No, you have. Okay. I, I've been just, I've been saying a lot of stuff uh, that yeah. needs to be censored, and that's me. That's me. Um, <laughs> Talking about but <laughs> stuff. It, it shows I, Frodo yep. and Sam getting back up and, and getting ready to continue towards Mount Doom. And it jumps back over to Aragorn, who starts riding back and forth. As because as all the orcs are coming out, we see the the soldiers of Gondor and Mordor. They're making up this force. Uh, they start to shuffle back and almost kind of like cower away at the pure number that are still here. They just killed hundred thousand plus. How many? How many? We don't really know. And there's still this many coming out of the Black Gates. Yeah. And so like. 
I can I can only imagine like standing in a front lines of like a medieval battle. You've just won these great victories. You push these forces back time and time again to come to this spot to try and finish this fight. Your numbers have been dwindled down. You've lost friends. You've lost comrades in arms. You know, over the week or two weeks that it would take to reach the Black Gates from Minas Tirith. And you get here and you're like, it's almost over. We've almost won. And then these hordes, hordes of enemies come pouring out of the final gate that you have to, like, fight. Mm-hmm. Like, just the effect on morale that that's got to have. Yeah. You know? Um, and so Aragorn sees this as well, and he kind of rides back and forth, and he's giving this speech. this inspirational speech of basically, like, one day our bonds that we form with each other will, will die out and we'll you know, no longer be friends, what have you. But not today. Yeah. You know, today we're going to fight alongside each other. We're going to fight for what's right. We're going to fight for our people, for each other, for our families back home. You know, those that are depending on us kind of gives this inspiring speech to them. And you can see the resolve return as they all kind of shuffle forward again. Kind of get Because at first you see that look of like, oh, crap, here they come. Yeah. And then he gives this speech. And as he's giving it, you can see him step up and they they steal the resolve mm-hmm. uh, to, to carry on with this, uh, which definitely is needed. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, even now, it's like, I have to imagine, it's like 100 to 1 oh, in yeah. favor of the orcs. Yeah. Oh, in the yeah. favor of Sauron's forces. Because, like, we do get a zoomed out picture of oh, the forces. Oh, there are so many. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you look at it, it's this, from what it shows, it basically makes the target symbol, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's this small ring of Gondor and Rohan soldiers. Uh-huh. And then the orcs and Uruks completely surround them on all sides. Mm-hmm. And it's not like this thin line that surrounds them. It's like this, like, 40, 50, 60 rows deep yeah. of orcs and Uruks that surround them. Right. You know? And so it's it's obviously and, and like Gimli says too a little earlier in the movie of um, like certainty of death, low chance of success. What are we waiting for? Yeah, we can see that here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, in this too. Uh, so another back and forth. Frodo and Sam begin their direct ascent up Mountain Doom. Yeah. Like they reach the base of it and they're heading like almost straight up. Um, but we do get the iconic meme line from Gimli here in this group, and he says, I never thought I'd die side by side with an elf. Legolas goes, what about side by side with a friend? Mm. And then Gimli, aye, I could do that. Yeah. And then Legolas grabs Gimli's beard hair and starts aggressively <laughs> making out with him and tugging on it like he's milking cows and stuff. It's it's crazy. It's a weird scene. Definitely extended. Um, but. I think you got into some of the deleted scenes, not just the extended edition there, buddy. I logged into your YouTube account, bud. I, th- I think you found... The wrong Return of the King. <laughs> I let me look. That, <laughs> you might have clicked on the 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 wrong one there, no, buddy. It might have been dude. Return of the Orgy. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. It, it was not that. It Are was, you oh, sure? It was Return of the Kink. <laughs> I misspelled stuff, dude. They're like really close by. And let me guess. In that version, the head they used the head of the mouth of Sauron for some weird stuff. No, actually, no. They no? they played really? a little bit of football with it. It was all. It was really weird. 
Um, well, with that kind of title, I would imagine they would have. Yeah, surprisingly, but... Viggo Mortensen busted his toe on that one too. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, move on. I'm, dude. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, um, so... But w- with this scene where you're talking about Legolas and Gimli have this kind of back and forth real quick, right? Yeah, and romance. Um, <laughs> uh, I had mentioned before in The Hobbit as well and as in earlier the earlier movies, uh, The Fellowship of the Ring and The, the Two Towers, um, all the way up until this point, there is no love lost between dwarves and elves. For you know what we see in the Hobbit with the elves leaving the doors of Erebor to the wrath of Smog, um, that being a big reason for it, and other underlying issues that dwarves and elves have towards each other. Um, but the friendship of Legolas and Gimli mm-hmm. actually it doesn't seem terribly significant on, at face value, but when you look deeper into it, the friendship of Legolas and Gimli is actually what really brings dwarves and elves closer and makes them true allies going forward. Yeah, they see the love and the way they show it. <laughs> um, on a real note... <laughs> I'm being serious. Uh, Legolas being the son of Thranduil, mm-hmm. a, an elven king, and Gimli being the son of Gloin, who does have, a, I believe it's a distant relation to... Um, like Thorin, Feely, and Keely, and Dane, mm-hmm. right? And other royals of dwarves. These two, I don't know if you would really call Gimli a, a, any sort of royalty or nobility, right? But he he is very prominent. <laughs> Bless you. Do you see that? Yeah. I like yawned and then <laughs> sneaked. Go ahead. Um, but he Gimli does hold a certain st- station within the dwarven kingdoms, Mm-hmm. And so, you know, dwarves and elves seeing an elven prince and a dwarf of notable stature being friends is a big deal. And so we, you do see, if you look into the lore and stuff and whatnot, that the the two of them becoming friends and setting aside their differences and the hatred that they have towards each other really opens up for alliances between dwarves and elves and, and really starts to build good relations between those two races. Yeah. Um, over to Sam and Frodo. They are sitting a bit. Sam imagines the Shire and shares with Frodo, trying to kind of bring him back to even mm. a glimmer of brightness. Yeah, because um, strawberries and such. He's bringing all this stuff, and he's just trying. Yeah, he's like, remember some, all this? Got some like dipping the strawberries in chocolate yeah. and like eating it out of Frodo's mouth. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> they were actually like. They were, I think I saw Lord of the King, Return of the Kink. Yeah, it was. Shoot. It's really crazy is that's a five-hour film. <laughs> that was a really extended edition for multiple things that were extended in that edition. It's crazy. Um, um, no, so, but either way, he's, he's painting all these pictures of, of, like, the love that they share. Not anything, you know, uh, like that, to compete. But, yeah. It's not even a competition between what Legolas and Gimli have. <laughs> um, but, like, he is trying to bring him back to this kind of, like, glimmer of brightness yeah because at this point like you can see frodo is just like it's not even that he's like dazed or like hallucinating he's like he's just gone yeah you Um, know like we see him like collapse the ground like he is lost he has no strength left. no none utterly defeated at this point Uh um but 
Frodo says that he can't remember any of it. He can't remember what it tastes, what a strawberry tastes like. He can't remember what the grass feels like. He is naked in the dark, a.k.a. Evan's normal Friday night down at the local daycare. <laughs> um, but then we cut back to Aragorn. Uh, Sauron recognizes Aragorn, um, says his name, and then yeah. Aragorn turns to the group says for Frodo and just charges into the massive amount yeah. of orcs. So he takes off, then they all follow him. And it cracks me and up it though goes because on. Aragorn charges first. And then we see Merry and Pippin charge. Yeah. And then everybody else goes. Yeah. And it's like obviously Merry and Pippin being hobbits, they're not gonna be able to run as fast. Yeah. And so it gives you this scene of Aragorn charging forward, Merry and Pippin charging afterwards. And then, and then everybody the surge of forces <laughs> The surge of the troops of Gondor and Rohan charging. Yeah. And you can see the gap dwindling between the army and Merry and Pippin as they like overtake them. Yeah. Um, and it just cracks me up seeing that. And you can even see, if you look for a brief second, you can see Gimli falling behind as well. <laughs> um, you see like Legolas shooting a couple arrows and you see the clash of the lines colliding with each other. As the fight starts, right, uh, it kind of jumps back to Frodo and Sam. With at this point, Sam literally carrying Frodo on his shoulders. Yeah, and um, Gollum appears again and jumps onto them. Attacking yeah, because them. you know, like Gollum getting thrown down a freaking ravine with a giant spider hanging out in that area that probably has spiderlings all around somehow didn't die. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like that—that that is one of those things that, like, I don't remember if it explains it in the book. But in the movie, just doesn't make sense to me. Because mm. it's not even like he slides down. It's like Frodo throws him over. Mm-hmm. And you can see him like flailing legs and arms falling down. So like, how did he survive that? Yeah. And it's one of those as well. Like you can't see the bottom. It's pitch black down the further he goes where you can't see the bottom of this ravine or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and so it is one of those things of like, how did he survive? Um, but... He starts choking Frodo before Sam throws a rock at him, smacks him, tackles him. Uh, Sam would be like a Division One pitcher. Yeah. I don't know if oh, Division yeah. One is like baseball, but I'm going with I it. know what you're going for. I don't know if it's an MLB pitcher. I don't know. Yeah, he pitches the most serves. I don't know. I'm done trying to. <laughs> he pitches the, the most, most baskets field. for touchdowns. <laughs> yep, and field goals and such. Match point. <laughs> Love. Um, I, I think there's a, I think there's a serves in there as well. It gets it over the net. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> it comes um, back at one point. He bumps it. <laughs> uh, something about a par. Um, so maybe a bogey in there somewhere. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Hole in one. Birdies. <laughs> Shuttlecock. <laughs> I that by the uh, way that is I'm almost certain that is uh, uh, what is. He shot, puts the crap out of them. No, 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 no. The shuttlecock is a little birdie in Badman. Badman. Oh, okay. That's what I was going um, for. I wasn't being inappropriate. I was going to think the, the, the sweepers from, uh, oh, what's it called? It's like the Shuffle, Olympic sport. Shuffleboard? Shuffle, yeah, shuffleboard. You got the sweepers in there as well yeah. through the air to make Gutter sure there's, balls. No, there's no dust in the way. I, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he throws so, a rock right, right in the forehead of, of Gollum, like spot on. Bringing back, yeah, you're right. Yeah. He he is like spot on accurate. Yeah, domes the dude. That that was the um, point of all of that. We kind of went was. off on a sports thing there for a second. Obviously, neither of us know jack squat about sports, as yep. you can tell. Yep. <laughs> uh, I was the kid eating dandelions out in the outfield <laughs> when we played baseball, so that tells I, you. 
I know a little bit of terminology for like basketball and football, a little bit for baseball, but not much. Now coming back. <laughs> Sam just whack. Missiles Gollum <laughs> with a rock. Yeah. Uh, freeing Frodo because uh, Gollum was choking Frodo at that point. Uh, and he comes back and Sam basically gets into a wrestling match with Gollum. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically giving Frodo a chance to get up to Mount Doom. Right. It jumps back over to the orcs fighting you know, the men of the West. Um, showing different scenes of some of the named characters killing orcs and whatnot. And at one point, there's kind of like this move that Gimli does, like kind of twirling his axes around him and like cutting down orcs. Shows Legolas with his bow, Merry and Pippin. Yeah, there's quite a bit of, down. of action and yeah. stuff. Um, um, but the key note of this scene that we see is yeah. the, the Nazgul arrive on yep. the fell beasts. Right. Um, and you can see him coming, you see six, seven, seven of them on screen that you can see initially. Yeah. Because uh, we got to remember, there's only eight of them right now because mm. the Witch King of Angmar is not there anymore. He, he's destroyed by Eowyn back at uh, right. the Battle of Pelennor Fields. Right. So there is only eight of them right now. Now, could the Witch King return if Sauron decided to do so? Probably. Potentially, yes. Because he is a wraith. So I don't even think potentially yes. Yes, he could. Because we see this something somewhat similar in Fellowship of the Ring when Arwen um, uses uh, some of the elven magic when they're crossing that ford and brings down the water and sweeps them away. Oh, yeah. Destroying their physical form, hence why we don't see them again in yeah. Excuse me, in Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. So, just because the Witch King is destroyed right now doesn't mean he can't come back. Mm-hmm. You know, but right now, again, the time between the Battle of the Black Gates and the Battle of Pelennor Fields where he's destroyed is like two or three weeks. You know, if that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not a whole lot of time. And Sauron obviously does not have his full power because he doesn't have the ring. Um, so I, in order for him to, I think, return the Witch King at this point, he would probably either need the ring or he would be using a lot of power to do so, mm-hmm. which I would imagine that even now Sauron's gained a lot of strength back. He probably wouldn't risk that right now. Yeah. Um, just cause he hasn't gotten back to full strength. Right. Um, but Sam continues to fight Gollum and Frodo runs yeah. up the mountain further towards the side little opening thing. At one point, we do see Gollum bite Sam. Yeah. And again, we and shortly after that, we do see Sam pull his sword and kind of slash Gollum in the stomach. Yep. Um, as he turns to chase after Frodo. Right. Jumps back to showing you like Gandalf and Legolas and a couple others killing some some orcs and whatnot. Um, but it does show Gandalf seeing the Nazgul coming, and of course, he sees his little bug butterfly thing show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see the eagles come in. To fight the fell beasts, the fight the Nazgul and their fell beasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and another meme moment of Pippin standing there. The eagles, the eagles are coming. Mm-hmm. Another another big meme one that we that we see there. Um, but it cracks me up a little bit as well, seeing the the, the eagles come in because 
It's not like this ferocious battle you would expect between giant eagles and fell beasts. No. The eagles come in, they latch their talons into like the undersides of the fell beasts. At one point you see like two or three Nazgul fall off of their fell beasts. Like you can actually see them plummet down. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty quickly. um... Yeah, and they just they dispatch with them so quickly. Yeah. And and it's just like Yes, giant eagles are cool. They're definitely strong, powerful. Yeah. Um, but you're talking about creatures that look like dragons. Yeah. Like deformed, disgusting dragons. Yep. You know? And so, yes, the, the, the eagles have their talons and they have their beaks, but these fell beasts have their own talons and their own mouths with razor-sharp teeth in them. <laughs> and so, like, it just kind of the fact that the eagles just come in and so easily, like, kick them out, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, or hold them off or, or push them back is a little anticlimactic. Yeah. Because, like, I, in my eyes, I would expect, like, this big, ferocious battle of beast versus abomination type of, you know, type of deal. Right. But we don't really get to see it. Um, but... Frodo makes his way into Mount Doom. Yep. And then at. Sam enters and shouts to him. He's like, destroy the ring, destroy yeah. it. And I saw uh, you kind of had that tone in your voice. He goes into a weird doorway in the mountainside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that I, um, I'm. We've seen it before because yes. it, it's where, um, it's where Isildur had was uh, yes. gonna destroy it, and was like. So no. we see it there. We yeah. also see it in the opening scenes of the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, when we hear Gladriel's voice, kind of giving us the intro to it, we see Sauron like holding his hand up with the ring on his hand. He's standing in here as well. Yeah. So it's. Because I, I could kind of tell from the from kind of like the tone of your voice, it was kind of like a "Why the heck is that there?" Yeah, type of thing. Um, my my only answer to you is probably like uh, it's where Sauron chills out and chills in his suffering and his anger and his hate and uh, gets put into gets prosthetic arms and legs and into a dark suit and yeah, is yeah. told that his wife is dead and it's his fault. Yeah, probably. Um, and then he and then he yells no for like an exaggerated long time um, and kind of crushes everything around him yeah okay for people that didn't catch on there i'm talking about darth vader (laughs) for people that might not have caught on to that i'm talking about darth vader (laughs) um what books is he reading uh where are we um oh frodo hears the ring whisper to him though and he ends up wishing to keep it not destroy it he yeah, puts it on and starts walking around. We see his little footprints. Yeah, because it, he's an invisible again. It's one of those things because right here we've reached the peak of in terms of like a storytelling. You have like the build, the build, the build, the peak, the slow slope to the end. This is like th- this is the peak, right? We have the ring about to be destroyed. It's in a position to be destroyed. Um, we have the big battle going on elsewhere to, to distract the bad guys. Um, but then our hero of the story finally succumbs to the corruption. Yeah. You know, because because it's not it, it's not just Frodo being like, this is a nice ring. I think I'm just going to keep it. It is, the ring has taken a hold. Yeah. The ring has over overcome Frodo's will. Frodo is so mentally and physically destroyed at this point. Yeah. So in agony, pain, whatever you want to, you know, that he can't fight it anymore. Nope. The ring takes control. The temptation and, is too great for this bunny. Yeah. <laughs> Be the bigger bunny bugs. <laughs> he just takes, father. <laughs> All right. Um, but 
this is one of those moments because we see Gollum show up as well at this yep. point because you know Sam kind of gives the the you can see him starting to tear up the no no Frodo no like no, no. and like Sam <laughs> hold on <laughs> one more second <laughs> almost there almost almost done oh there there it is there it is all right yeah no <laughs> I'm done um, have I mentioned I'm tired yeah <laughs> but uh. Sam realizes what's happening here. Yeah. You know, he, he quickly recognizes what has happened here. And it's yeah. not that he's like, what the heck is going on? Why is this? Like, he knows. Um, but And we see Gollum show up, and Gollum sees those footprints that you mentioned of, of Frodo kind of moving around. And if it wasn't for Gollum showing up, mm-hmm. right, Frodo would have left Mount Doom. Oh, yeah. And taken the ring to Sauron. Yep. Is, is what would have happened here. Mm-hmm. He would have taken the ring to Sauron, Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, Gandalf, Merry Pippin, Eomer, all of the Rohan and Gondor soldiers here, Dead. all will die. Um, because just, there's, there's because no way we're to getting, stop it. Getting a little bit ahead, uh, Gollum shows up and starts wrestling um, Frodo to yeah. get the ring. He because, wants it. Yeah, he sees the the, foot, the footsteps you had mentioned. Right. And um, he, yeah, they, they kind of like start, well, first he hits Sam over the head. And yeah. then wrestles with um, with Frodo, yeah. uh, eventually biting off Frodo's finger and getting the ring. Yeah, um, we do. It does jump back to the battle going on at the Black Gates, mm-hmm. uh, and it shows Aragorn, uh, and it shows uh, what's known as an Olag High. It's basically like a uh, not quite a troll, mm-hmm. right? But it's kind of like that in between between like an Uruk and a troll. Mm-hmm. Um, and this Olag High is named, uh, I just had it, um, Moloch. Mm. Uh, and he's like a chief, like captain or lieutenant or something like that of Sauron. Um, within the movie's story, Sauron has, gives Moloch a mission, which is find Aragorn and kill him. Mm. That is Moloch's sole purpose. Within the books... And if you watch some of the deleted scenes and stuff, Aragorn's actually fighting Sauron instead of Moloch hmm. in the deleted scenes. And in the books, he fights Sauron. Sauron manifests himself into his physical form here. Um, but Peter Jackson did not want to take away from what Frodo is doing up in Mount Doom. And he felt that putting Sauron in this scene would do so. Hmm. Um, so they changed it to, to a, a giant troll-like creature uh, for Aragorn to fight. Hmm. Um but yeah, within the movie, Moloch's sole mission is to find and kill Aragorn on the battlefield. Hmm. Um, and like I said, in, in the deleted scenes and in the books, it is Sauron that Aragorn fights here. And a key point, though, with this, with Aragorn fighting this creature, these things are incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. Like, if Moloch wanted to or another Olaghai wanted to, they could pick up an orc or a person and rip them in half with ease. They're that strong. Mm-hmm. If if he hits you in the chest with his mace or his blade, you're dead. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Mm-hmm. You are dead. And we see Aragorn blocking his attacks, reposing his attacks, like pushing the, his blade away and making strikes himself, which just goes to show how strong Aragorn is. Mm-hmm. That, he, that he can even do this and hold his own against such a powerful creature. 
which I think is really cool. And it just goes back to him having uh, elven blood. Uh, he's also got the blood of the Dunedain in his in his veins. He's also got a smidgen of um, I'm drawing a blank on the name. It's basically like angel blood, mm. right, within his veins as well. Uh, basically, uh, Val- Valar blood is, is what they're called. So, like Gandalf is a Valar uh, angel. If we're looking at like compared yep. to like the yep. Christian faith, as I've said before, Aragorn has a little bit of Valar blood in his in his veins as well. Just like a point zero 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 one percent, you know, type small amount. But even then, like you're talking about the blood of an angel, that's still going to make a big difference. Yeah, you know, in a mortal person. And so it's kind of that throw to, in my eyes, that throw to like his heritage, where he came from, mm-hmm. his his ancestors, uh, just the fact that he can fight against such a formidable foe. And even if they had kept in that this is Sauron that he's fighting, still that shows a lot because Sauron was a Valar as well. Sauron, yeah. Sauron, Sauron, that words, Sauron was an angel as well before he went bad. And so the fact that Aragorn could stand against Sauron and block his attacks and strike back says a lot yeah um but um yeah but frodo then starts wrestling with Gollum, eventually falling off of the edge yeah uh we see that frodo is holding on to the ledge but Gollum falls down into the lava and we do see Gollum does have the ring he does as he's as doing well. this he does have it so both of them are falling down into the lava and so, <laughs> the the ring yeah, and yeah. and Gollum. um and because it's like we see Gollum falling and he, but he doesn't even, it's almost like he doesn't realize he's falling. He's just so oh, he's happy so that, happy he got, that he's got the ring. Yeah. And it's like right around this time too, as well, we see Aragorn get knocked over and Moloch like stepping on his chest, like crushing him. He yeah. tries to stab him in the foot, doesn't work. Legos trying to make his way over to him. And it's kind of jumping back and forth of like, oh no, Aragorn's going to die. But wait, the ring's falling. Is that going to change things? Legolas can't get to him in time. But stuff's happening up in Mount Doom. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's that kind of like that suspense of like what's gonna happen. Right. As it jumps back and forth. And um <clears throat> Gollum immediately gets into the lava. Um immediately. Like you can kind of see yeah. him like start to realize, oh, I'm dead. And then he dies. He's he's through the lava, he's melted. Yeah, and, and, and the ring sits on top of the lava for a mm-hmm. little bit as Sam helps Frodo up. But it's this weird thing too. Of like Gollum, I'm not even sure if Gollum realizes what's happening, yeah, truthfully, because it's not like he starts screaming and yelling. No, he's simply trying to hold the ring up above the lava, like yeah. he doesn't want it to be destroyed. Huh. Yeah. As he's like gazing at it and holding it up above the lava, as he obviously melts and dies. Yeah. You know, um, it's this weird thing because like he is melting. He is. It, he's not even like burning alive. He is literally melting. He is in lava. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so why is he not hurting? Like, <laughs> you know, it, it's just, it's so strange. And I only have to assume that like once he gets the ring back, he's so corrupted by it mm-hmm. that all his mind can think about is the ring. And he doesn't even rec- he doesn't even register the pain. Yeah. It is all I can think of. You yeah, know? I would agree. And I have to imagine too, because you, you had mentioned the ring is still like, floating on something that's kind of solidified above the lava. I just have to imagine that's Gollum's flesh. I mean, maybe. I don't like, think that, it is. That, that, that's my headcanon. It might not be true, but that's my headcanon. <laughs> that it's Fuck. like Gollum's last attempt as he's dead, trying to stop the ring from being destroyed because he loves it so much. 
Um, but we see Frodo, as you said, hanging uh, over the edge, and Sam's reaching down trying to, to save him. Yeah. And there for a second, or a couple seconds, what have you, it seems like Frodo's just like, it's over, I'm dead, leave me. But Sam's like, no, you're not going to die here. Reach for my hand. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Frodo finally does, and we can see the nasty stub of his pointer finger. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um but meanwhile the the ring does finally melt fully yeah. the eye of sauron screeches and the tower that it sits atop crumbles uh on its way down the eye explodes yeah. maybe implodes uh, uh maybe a goes just <laughs> it, it go boom if that's possible maybe a little bit of both <laughs> yeah it go boom um and the orcs flee the ground uh and the ground and gate crumble yeah. Um, all around. So the battle that was just taking place is kind yeah. of dispersing because the ground is falling out from under it and the they realize that, oh, yeah. stuff's and, not good now. Well, because it's it's not just that the ground's falling out from underneath. The the ground is specifically falling out from underneath the orcs. Yeah. Not 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 the good guys. Well, right, right. Specifically right. the orcs. And yeah, it falls out from underneath the, the black gates as well. Yeah, as I should have clarified that, yeah. Um. And with that, Moloch, the big troll thing fighting Aragorn, realizes what's going on as well and tries to flee too so Aragorn doesn't die. <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we see, you know, like, Mary and, uh, like, cheering off for Frodo and uh, Gimli laughing as, like, they've realized what's happened. Yeah. You know? Um, but then we see Mount Doom erupt. Yep. And they see it erupt. And obviously are going to automatically assume the worst. Yeah. You know, because if Frodo destroyed the ring, that means he's in Mount Doom. Yeah. If Mount Doom just erupted, like, shortly afterwards, he probably didn't get out alive. Right. <laughs> you know? Um, and we also see as well the orcs fleeing. Not all of them collapse down into the ground and die. So orcs do escape as well. Just a key note, because there's a little stuff later on that I'll go into. Um. But yeah, it shows some of the different characters like Aragorn and Gimli. Uh, I think it shows Legolas at one point, Pippin crying as they've they're putting two and two together. Yeah, and it shows Mount Doom erupting uh, as molten lava shoots up and like molten rock and whatever else you want to call them shoot out, and you can see them hitting some of the fell beasts with the ring wraiths on them um, as they've <laughs> gone to hell in a basket. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we do see Frodo and Sam go running out of that little kind of like walkway within. And they, they run out and they have to jump onto a, a boulder that's kind of sitting above kind of the ground level. Uh, and we can see, you know, the lava coming down around it as they're, they're alive, but they're stranded. Yeah. Right. And we see Frodo and he's got like this giant weight that's been lifted off of his shoulders. Now, yeah. Um, as the ring is finally gone and no longer influencing um, but it, it just shows some more lava and it shows them kind of like moving further up on the rocks that they're on, um, and just kind of chilling. Um, probably frying, but yeah, it's gotta be nice and toasty. And yeah. it kind of shows Sam kind of giving into despair here as well, as he talks about, um, Rosie, one of the hobbits back in the Shire. Yep, Rosie Cotton. That he had a thing for, and he's kind of talking like if he was ever to marry someone, it would have been he would have married her. Yeah, uh, and he's kind of like 
giving into the into the despair or the reality of the situation. Yeah. Um, oh wow, I have that really loud. And it just kind of shows him sitting there for a little bit, and it kind of screen goes black for a second. I'm assuming just kind of like a time jump, right? Yeah. Forward. Yeah. Um, but we see three eagles coming in uh, with Gandalf on one of the eagles mm-hmm. to save them. Yep, they're searching around, or he's searching around for yeah. them, finds them, picks them both up, and take off. And the thing is, though, think about this. Mm-hmm. There's three eagles. How many peeps were would taking the ring to Mordor in the second and third movie? Three of them. There was an eagle for Gollum. Hmm. Gandalf was going to try and save Gollum, hmm. but Gollum didn't make it. Nope. He fell to the desires and temptations of the ring. And didn't make it. <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's interesting. Yeah. Because, I mean, if, if Gandalf was just going to save Frodo and Sam, why, why bring the extra eagle? You know? <laughs> um, but he shows up with the eagles, and they save Frodo and Sam. And we do another jump forward to Frodo coming to um, in a familiar-looking bed. Yeah. Uh, um, we have seen this before, but in, in Rivendell. Yeah. Um. <laughs> As he sees Gandalf standing before him. Right, bed. and they are so overjoyed in this very corny <laughs> scene. Um, also, have you seen the one where it like sets it to different music and it's just like really like kind of you know uh, romantic music, you know, kind of get you in the mood kind of music? I haven't seen that one. I've seen the one where it gives them like missing teeth and whatnot. Oh yeah, like like the hillbilly one. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one i I thought of when you started saying that there's one and it's like music (laughs) it's like music makes a difference and it's like going back and forth between them and it looks like there's really really high like sexual tension between (laughs) gandalf and frodo and because it's just like playing like um not careless whisper but one of the other like stereotypical Mm. like you know yeah this is funny yeah (laughs) <laughs> Man, you you started saying something about that and i instantly thought of the one where it's got like the <laughs> missing have, teeth that, and like though. the super hillbilly-esque one <laughs> yeah i've seen that one too that's good um but they see each other and yeah start laughing and we see mary and pippin come in and yep oh frodo and they go over and jump on the bed and like kind of start telling him their tales of their own adventures yeah and they're all like rejoicing like they yeah i mean really they've they've been apart for a while and also yeah. thought that he was dead so there's like all this there's all this stuff yeah um and, but uh, gimli comes in as well followed by legolas then aragorn mm-hmm. and then finally sam enters and frodo kind of like though he's he's very joyed overjoyed to see all of them he he has this like pause where he like makes eye contact with mm-hmm. sam and it's, it's this definite more deep like meaningful like yeah <laughs> So uh, yeah, anyway, moving on. That's that's, thing, that's a that's a patron exclusive. So check that out. <laughs> one thing I want to point out at this time as well is because Frodo sees Legolas when Legolas enters the room. Yeah, and he kind of is like, oh, Legolas, you know. Um, throughout all three movies, we never see Frodo and Legolas talk to each other one time. Huh. They never say a single word to each other a single time on screen. <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> it's this weird thing of like, well, let me back this up real quick. Does, does Frodo even say anything when Legolas comes in? I don't think so. Let me back up real quick. Let me let me see here real quick. Aragorn. So there's Gimli coming in. 
Right. And he's like, oh, Gimli. And here's Legolas, and he stands at the door. No, he doesn't even say Legolas. He just st- looks at him with a smile on his face. This entire time, he never knew his name. <laughs> this entire time, funny. Legolas knows Frodo's name because everybody's talking about Frodo. Yeah. Frodo has no idea who Legolas yeah. is. Yeah. Frodo's just like, oh, that one elf that was with us at the beginning. Yeah. I have oh, no is idea. is that Gimli's boyfriend? <laughs> that one elf that was with us at the beginning. He was the Lean- dude swinging off of Gimli's oh, beard Le- Le- earlier. <laughs> Leans over to Aragorn. Who's that again? Aragorn, who's that again? Aragorn, yeah, Aragorn gets, just does the face palm like, gosh dang it, Frodo. Yeah, he's, no, he's like he's he's like smiling and laughing with Merry and Pippin, and he just hugs one of them close, and he's like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they have that kind of uh, look between Frodo and Sam, and it jumps back over to Minas Tirith now. Yeah. With a large crowd gathered up on the tip top where... Uh, Denethor had his 800 meter dash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, um, remember, because... hey, Minas Tirith cremation and euthanasia yeah. services. Remember those? Uh, you because can check them out. One remember thing all I the passes saw, and stuff that anybody can pass. One thing I saw, and I'm going to mention it now because we come back to this scene of yeah. where Denethor did his run earlier on in the movie. Yep, is it was this side view of Minas Tirith, right? And it shows this this uh, the overlook, right? That Denethor runs down. You see, we see him fall to his death as yeah. he's burning. He probably yep. dies from his burns before he hits the ground. Whatever. Um, I don't know. And it makes a trail. It follows it back, right, for mm-hmm. that whole length. Yeah. It goes into the throne room. Yeah. Goes out a back door. Yep. Up some trails up no, to you the mountains. This out how far? All the way back to the freaking place where all the people are buried. And it, and it, with this one though, it actually Wait. put like a distance. Okay. Like someone did the math and found out the distance that Denethor had to run while on fire. Yeah. And it was like upwards of like three fourths of a mile. Hmm. Or like like half a mile or like three fourths of a mile that Denethor ran while on fire just to throw himself off the edge to go and die. Jeez. <laughs> and like someone threw whatever mathematical equations and whatever theorems they had to plug in and whatnot yeah. did the math to figure this out. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but it comes to this when we see the large crowd that is gathered and right. some sort of celebration going on. Yeah. Um, you can see, you know, Gundor soldiers stationed about and like common folk up there as well. And it, it goes up to what's actually happening and we see Gandalf crowning Aragorn. The king of uh, Gondor. Yep. Um, and as he places that crown on Aragorn's head, Gandalf announces, now come the days of the king. May they be blessed. Yes. Um, Another point as well, Gimli is holding the pillow with the crown on it yeah. before Gandalf picks it up. So Gimli is effectively uh, the... Uh, the the ring bearer of a wedding. He's the little girl ring bearer that yeah. brings the rings up. Yeah. Uh, he's the crown bearer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, but then Aragorn turns and faces everyone who then begin cheering, which I just heard on Evan's yeah. uh, phone. I also have to point out as well, it showed Gimli, and I just realized it. He's wearing really nice clothes. This is the cleanest we've ever seen yeah. Gimli. Oh, yeah. Well, like, like he, he's really like 
groomed himself. He's he's like straightened out the yeah. hair, put a brush through it, wearing some clean, nice clothes, well, not looking all Legolas, nasty. And Legolas <laughs> got it together, asked him out on an official date, <laughs> and they're going, dude. He's got. Yeah, he's Le- like Legolas was Gimli's plus one to, he was. to the, the crowning ceremony. He was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Looking over that. Um, Yeah, I'll just go ahead and write that down. (laughs) Um, Like you said, everyone starts cheering. And Aragorn kind of like hushes them, puts his hands up to hush them. Yeah. And he says... gives a little speech. I have a dream. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no, Jacob. (laughs) That's that's where my brain went. I'm sorry. Um... Well, you think of significant speeches. You didn't even get to finish the first line, and I instantly knew what you were saying. No, but like, you think uh, of significant speeches. I wasn't. I. Is it bad that my mind went to when you when you said that my mind went to the song "I Have a Dream" from Rapunzel? I don't recall that song or from w- w- Wicked. I have a dream. I have a dream. I haven't seen hey, it. She, she's in like the the tavern. It's got like the the oh, like I don't know. pirates and brigands and whatnot. And one of them has a dream of like being a musician and whatnot. And he's like huh. this big burly guy that has like an eye patch. I don't an know. eye patch. And I don't know. No, but the actual <laughs> speech he goes. He says this day does not belong to one man, but to all. Let us together rebuild this world that we may share in days of peace. And then he begins singing as the white leaves fall or the blossoms, whatever they are. And yeah. I was wanting a uh, reminder of the significance of that. Um, so they're from the tree in the courtyard. Well, yeah, I remember that um, much. But like, what was the significance of them returning this blossoming right. again? Uh it was basically it was kind of like a prophecy, right? Yeah, I know. Uh, but when yeah, but... a when a ruler returns to the kingdom of Gondor, the tree would blossom again. Oh, okay. So in, as long as it's not blossoming, it's kind of like this symbol of the true no king has hope. not returned. Yeah, it, and there's no basically hope. yeah. But if okay. you're gonna if if you want to look deeper, it's kind of like the symbol of like we're still not there. You know, we still don't have a true ruler, someone that's gonna lead us type of deal. Cool. Pause. Why do you have two VHS tapes of Dragonheart? Uh, that's Tyler stuff. I don't know. Yeah, but why? I don't know. Okay. If you if you look on there, there's two uh, the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, as well that Tyler. I just has. noticed that now too. Why? Okay. Three ten to Yuma. Why is there so many two? Th- sorry. Here, just for <laughs> anybody still listening. Uh, first off, hey. Thanks. Thanks uh, for sticking there's, around. There's a v- VHS and a disc version of Men in Black 2. I see that. Um, so we're, <laughs> like I said, we are currently in, uh, recording in person and we are in Evan's game room. And uh, on one of the walls, there is a shelving unit. There's a, like a built-in shelves. And there's just a ton of movies and uh, a game map hanging over it. I don't know. Uh, whatever yeah, that is. Um, but anyway, there's, there's like so many duplicates of movies like i okay there's a there's more underneath here as well. yeah i see uh, i see two copies okay yeah three. oh uh, mm-hmm. you got this one right here which i believe is the cartoon lord of the rings movie okay there's you got van helsing yep there's two co- there's two copies of van helsing there's two copies of 310 to yuma uh two copies of men in black one of which is vhs Yep. Also, he's away from his mic, so I don't know if you can hear him very well, but he is talking. 
Um, Dragonheart. There's two copies. Uh, there was... I just saw one. Lift it up again. Where was it? There was another one. Um, bu -bu -bu -bu. Why do you have the starving games? Over on the far left middle shelf. It's funny. Don't get me wrong. I remember dying laughing with Michael. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Interesting. And then they, you got a VHS type of uh, Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah. Bill Engvall. Yep. The Fluffy movie. Yeah, Gabriel Iglesias. X-Men. All right, we're let's head back. Um. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> Ba, ba, ba. Um, so I was saying the significance of the white tree. Right, basically the the king has returned. Yeah, it's, it's, huh. it's, it's return like, of the king. Yeah. <laughs> um, and with it blossoming now, it's just like that um, that divine confirmation of the true king is here. Yeah, is basically what it's signifying, as well okay. as just adding some more to like the scene itself. Yeah. So um, so then Aragorn makes his way around to first Legolas, and then behind him he sees Arwen. He approaches her and kisses her, uh, and then he continues walking now with her, um, approaching Frodo, Sam, Merry, and Pippin, who bow yeah. to him. Well, along the way as well, we do yes. see, like, Faramir and Eowyn with yeah. each other. Yeah, and, and you see, like... Um, um, we see, like, Eomer uh, standing there as well. Yeah, and you see Elrond. He's yeah, there as and, well. But... As he's walking, too, it does show them all bowing to it. Right. Um, Everybody's kind of giving yeah, him, and so him like, like respect, but also Aomer, like congratulating though, him. Other people stuff. are like doing full bows. Yeah. Aomer does like a half bow, right? Yeah. Because now that, again, Theoden is dead, Aomer is now king of Rohan. Mm -hmm. So if you really want to get technical about it, mm -hmm. with Gondor existing before Rohan existed, Aragorn would have like a... Well, my country's older, so I'm more in charge. If you really yeah, want to get it's, technical, but it's about more it. of like a we're co-ruler, like we're yeah, we're like, both like, rulers, we're, we're allies. Yeah, so he gives the half bow, not the full bow. Right. Um, and and so, you know, with everything they've been through, you know, Gondor and Rohan are going to be even closer allies now, especially because Ao Aomer and Aragorn form. A friendship, but as well like their comrades in arms. They fought alongside of each other now, which you know forms a special bond between people. And so with that, you it, it, you can assume, and there's even some books and lore stuff about it of Gondor and Rohan, their alliance getting growing stronger and whatnot. And it's it's due to the friendship of Aragorn and Eomer, as well as not in the movies, right? But in the books, Eomer marries. Um, I mentioned it before Prince Imrahil. He's uh, he he was he falls under Gondor, right? For the the city that he rules over, uh, but he rules over a port city that overlooks like the bay that leads up the, mm -hmm. the river up to like Osgiliath and whatnot. Um, but Eomer marries Prince Emerhill's daughter, hmm. which you know that's like a royalty marrying royalty of another yeah. country to you know solidify that relationship, which was very common in like the Middle Ages and stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and so the the whole thing with that was simply that like yes, Aomer bows to Aragorn, but it's not a bow of like you are my king. I'm going to right. listen it, to you. It is respect. a bow of mutual respect. Right. And Aragorn just being crowned. This ceremony is about the crowning of a new king of Gondor, 
not a new king of Rohan. Right. So Eomer is going to give the respect that's deserved. Right. And um, but like I said, he mm-hmm. ends up approaching Frodo, Sam, Mary, yeah. and Pippin, and they they bow to him as well. And Aragorn stops. <laughs> it's funny though, because you can see the awkwardness of the bow yeah. from the the hobbits. Like they have no idea what they're doing. No, there's no no <laughs> understanding of formality. I, I just have to imagine like they had like a um, they had like a what do you call it like a, like a run through of what they're supposed to do beforehand, but they only did like one run through of it, and so like all four of the hops are still like I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah. Uh, Bend at the waist, bend at the waist, all the way down, make an L. Yeah. <laughs> and if you look closely, too, you can see Pippin hesitates to bow because he doesn't know what to do, and he looks to the other three hobbits to see what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> because he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. But either way, they do attempt, and they do bow to him. Uh, and then Aragorn kind of stops and like looks, shaking his head, and he says, my mm. friends, you bow to no one. Um, and then he bows to them as does the rest of the yeah. crowd because they are the true heroes here. Yeah, and like he even goes um, down to like the all the way down to a knee. Yeah, he does. He yeah. goes full bow. And and then it's like it's like the wave. Everybody like it waves out to everybody going down on yeah. one knee uh to the to the four hobbits, which truthfully it should be to Sam. Um Yeah, but... oh yeah, 100%, <laughs> but if you want to throw them all together, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, it's like like you said, it's this it's this thing of like recognizing who truly did what needed to be done, you know? Because it's like, yes, Aragorn is taking up the crown of Gondor. Aragorn was a big leader for Rohan uh, and for the forces of Gondor and saving Gondor during the Battle of Pelennor Fields. Rohan during the Battle of Helm's Deep, you know, protecting Frodo, you know, in the first movie with the Urukai that come after him. Yes. But truthfully, in this story, Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, Gandalf, Merry and Pippin even, are side characters. The yeah. movie turns them into main characters, but in the books, they're side characters. Yeah, because the book's written by... Yeah, it's written from the viewpoint of Frodo. Frodo, right. Yeah. And so, like, like I said, the movie turns <clears throat> them into main characters, but they are truly side characters. The story's not about them. Yeah. And... The only reason, truthfully, that all the events of like Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli and Gandalf are included in the book is because it talks about how Frodo went to them and got their stories afterwards and included them in the book. Yeah. Whereas like with The Hobbit, it's solely Bilbo's experiences. Right. You know? And so like in The Hobbit book, there's this point of like during the Battle of Five Armies where it's battle, battle, battle. It jumps to the end of the battle because Bilbo's knocked unconscious. Mm-hmm. Whereas in The Lord of the Rings, it's got everything in there because the other people, whether Frodo got knocked unconscious or not or collapsed or whatever yeah they fainted. filled him in they filled him in on what happened so he can include all that stuff so that that's why it, it gives a more when you're compare if you're comparing the two stories that's why it gives more of a main character feel to the other to the act to the side characters mm-hmm. within the fellowship yeah whereas like the hobbit book all of the dwarves are side characters yeah except for maybe thorin mm-hmm. right Gandalf is a side character in The Hobbit. Yeah. Because Bilbo is simply putting down his experiences, not everybody else's. Right. Um, But with this whole bowing to them, it's just this acknowledgement of like, yes, Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, Eomer, whoever else, sacrificed quite a bit. But these four hobbits, 
who didn't have to do a dang thing, mm-hmm. you know, were willing to sacrifice it all. Yeah. You know, and because, like, I have my own complaints about Frodo, which I have voiced before. But, like, when it comes down to it, all the way back in the first movie, once Frodo gets got to Rivendell with Sam, Merry, and Pippin, and Aragorn, he didn't have to go any further. They they had the meeting of Elrond to see what was to be done. Frodo didn't have to speak up. Yeah. He didn't have to do a dang thing. He could have just sat there and let them argue and then gone back to the Shire. But, you mm-hmm. know, he steps forward. He, he takes the bullet, so to speak, uh, and, you know, does the heroic thing. Right. Um, but it kind of fades out, and Frodo's narrating that the fourth age of Middle-earth began. Yeah. The fellowship of the ring, though bound eternally by friendship and love, has ended. He says that they found themselves looking. Uh, oh, they they found themselves looking on a looking on a familiar site, which is the Shire. Yeah. Thirteen months to the day since the beginning of the journey, so yeah. over a year. Um, but they enter into the Shire, sit and drink together. All the the hobbits. Um, but in the normal like cheerfulness of the hobbits that are all of them, like all around them, they feel they're very discontent. They're kind of like. I think primarily they're like, how do we adjust back to this? Right. It's I think like, that's more so their their kind of feeling. You know, it's like kind of out this of place. Feel of like, for me at least, there's this feel of like uh, all the other hobbits are still carefree, right? Yeah. They haven't experienced what these. They haven't experienced. experienced reality in yeah, some they, ways. They they haven't gone through the hardships that these four have gone through. Yeah. They haven't seen the horrors that these four have seen. Mm-hmm. And so like there's kind of this feeling at their table of like, like you said, I definitely think there's a feeling of like, how do we adjust? But there's also a feeling of like, between some of them of like, uh, we're back yeah. as well. It's, it's kind of like a bittersweet type of feeling almost. Mm-hmm. But but there definitely is that feeling of like, uh, what do we do now Yeah. to it? But um, Sam does see Rosie. Yeah. <laughs> and he takes a swig of ale or whatever they're all drinking and walks over to her and the other three just look at each other and start laughing. But then we cut ahead and we see Rosie and Sam getting married. Yeah. Uh, she throws her bouquet of flowers and Pippin catches it, giving a girl to the like next to him a look, kind of like, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, what's up? You know? Well, and I mean, um, like, if you're Sam, after you've, you know, fought orcs and orcai. Oh, there is no time and... <laughs> like the present, you know? After you've fought these creatures, after you've fought a giant spider and won, after you've carved <laughs> your way through a fortress of evil yeah. and carried your best friend up a literal volcano, yeah, you know, like, asking a girl out is nothing. Absolutely nothing, no. <laughs> yeah, so he he's like, you know, you like, know what? I'm going just, for it. He's just got to have like this this now inner confidence, like the biggest set of cojones <laughs> after after this, you know, like like at this point, it's like, what can I not do? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, we have yeah. this kind of joyous scene as they come back to the Shire with a little bit of like, a, as we kind of said with, when they're at the tavern of like, what do we do now? Yeah. Um, but in the books, and I've mentioned before, there's a very different scene yeah yeah as they come back to the shire mm-hmm. a chapter within the books that's known as the scourging of the shire yeah 
And within the books, what happens here? Because didn't you say that this was like when initially Frodo looked into the yes. water uh, with Galadriel and saw what the Shire could become of like getting uh, in the hobbits enslaved and all this yeah. junk happening? Yeah, that happened. Yeah. So within the movies, that's just a possible future. Right. Within but no, the it books, happened that the... happens. Right. Because in the books, Saruman and Grima don't die at the beginning of Return of the King. Right. They survive. And they're doing And this. they go to the Shire and they enslave the hobbits. Yeah. And there's a resistance. And we and the book talks about the Shire being burnt and the, the fields being burnt down and the mm. enslavement of the hobbits and the hardships they go through. And these four hobbits return to the Shire and they, they start a resistance and they drive Saruman and Grima out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But not in the movie. In the yeah. movie, this is going on, and it's all yeah. happy. In, in the in the movies, um, we get that kind of that scene in in terms of like one possible future, um, which was kind of their like homage to. Um, but it does show Frodo and Sam in Bag End, as Frodo is finishing up uh, the Lord of the Rings by Frodo Baggins. In yeah, the he's, red he's, binding, he's writing the, red the in the book um, that was. Bilbo had written The Hobbit. Right, because like at the top you see there and yeah. back again, A Hobbit's Tale, whatever, uh, by Bilbo Baggins. And then under it, um, Frodo has filled in the second title for the second part of the book, The Lord of the Rings by yeah. Frodo. And he hands the book to Sam. Yep. And he tells Sam that there's enough space for one more journey or one more yeah. chapter. Basically, basically like, here, Sam, fill it in, fill the rest of this in with your story yeah. or potentially with your future adventure. Yep. Um, but then it, we jump and we see the four hobbits with Gandalf and Bilbo in a cart. Well, um, yeah, because, well, yeah, but before that, um, we get a t- kind of a timeline jump um, because yeah. Frodo, so basically, I think it was probably like three years after the end of their journey that now is because he comments on his shoulder and he says four years since Weathertop and his shoulder hasn't fully healed. Yeah. So having that they were gone from the beginning to the end, 13 months, probably a couple months in. Yeah. So I'd say about three years after the end is what we're seeing now. He's finished his book. Yeah. Um, but yes. And then, then they're in a cart. We see them in a cart and, um, Bilbo is now very old. Uh, and has, has one last journey in him. Yeah. And, and the elves have a spra- arranged a special honor. Yeah. And Bilbo, having aged so rapidly, is because he no longer has the ring. Yeah. Right. Age is caught up with him. Yeah. Because um, even in the first movie, Gandalf mentions that Bilbo hasn't aged a day since he last saw him. Which um, just goes to show the kind of power that the ring had, you know? Um I mean, if you listen to the intro of the first movie, it talks about Gollum living for 500 years because he had the ring. And Gollum yeah. was essentially a hobbit before he turned into Gollum, you know. And so now that uh, Bilbo no longer had the ring, he aged rapidly. Yeah. As his body caught up with the time that he bas- the time that he basically stole. Right? Yeah. Um, also, but, by the way, when I say that Bilbo is looking old, he's like looking Rohan Senior Carol old. <laughs> I think older than that. He looks yeah. like he looks like one of those like elderly people that you're like, wait, okay, he's staying there. They're walking. They're walking. Did he just stop breathing in the middle of the street? 
Did he just... Yeah, you kind of question like how long they've got going. And like you feel like if you sneeze around them, you're yeah. going to break a rib. Like, you know, yeah. they're very frail. Either like break a rib or if, you have to, if it's a big sneeze, you might just kill them out. Right? Yeah, they might just die or be yeah. blown away. Like it's like, we're not in yeah. Kansas anymore. Like gone, <laughs> you know, just from a sneeze. So, um, But <clears throat> they, they all travel to what's known as the Grey Havens, which is further west when you're looking at the, the map of Middle Earth. Um, where it's the f- westernmost point of like elven cities and stuff. That's where they're at right now, where, where they arrived to they've the, traveled the to. boat? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, and within the lore of Middle-earth, the Grey Havens is where the elves first landed in Middle-earth. And okay. they, they built the Grey Havens there. Uh, and so, with the elves leaving Middle-earth, this is kind of like their last um, station essentially yeah except for like the the elves of Mirkwood because Mirkwood's still around for a time mm-hmm. afterwards um but they get there and we do see uh the four hobbits as well as Bilbo and Gandalf and they see uh Galadriel uh Celeborn her yep. husband and, and Elrond. Elrond yeah um, um and they all welcome him mm-hmm. onto the boat yeah, uh, him being Bilbo. Bilbo, right. Yeah. Gandalf comes to the other hobbits and tells them farewell as he's going to leave with them. Yeah. Because um, as we he said in the second movie, he has been sent back until right. his task is done. Yep, and it his is. Tax, his task bleh, is well, Hopefully his done. taxes are yeah. done, too. Hopefully, hopefully he's filled out his taxes, yes. Yeah. Um, but his task is now done, so it's time for him to leave. Yeah, and... Um, as he's walking away, though, he turns and says, "It's time, or is it time, Frodo, or something, or it is time, or something?" He yeah. signals like, "Frodo's coming too." Yeah. Um, Frodo does plan to leave with them. He's arrived at the conclusion that he can't resume life as it was. It, right. he, there's no way that he can come back from what well, and had happened and resume normal quote right. unquote life. Well, because even if Frodo could get past all the trauma, well, yeah, that he would have gone through through this journey. He's still going to have that pain of the Morgul blade in his shoulder. He's still probably going to have that pain of that, because if earlier in the movie when she lop stabs him in the chest, you can see a scar yeah. on his chest where he was stabbed. He's probably still got pain in the middle of his chest from being yeah, stabbed well, by a giant pain. spider. Yeah. Physical pain, you know, yeah. Physical pain in the chest, but the pain from the Morgul blade is not physical pain. It's like yeah. a ghost pain, because that Morgul blade is a blade from beyond death. Yeah. You know, and, and they mention it within The Hobbit um, at, like, the, the, the council of with, like, Elrond and Saruman and Gandalf and Galadriel and, and all of them. They they talk about that blade, uh, uh, the blade that um, Gandalf recovered from those tombs. You know, this mm-hmm. is a blade that's from beyond the grave. And so Frodo's not feeling physical pain yeah. from the blade. It's like a more, it's like a ghost pain. It's like a... Um, almost like a necrotic energy or like a, uh, it's just pain that yeah, doesn't it, stop. And is it's like, yeah, weirdly... it's like a pain that doesn't stop, but it's not physical, but it's not like emotional or mental. It's, it's it, this weird afterlife pain. And I don't know how to really describe it. You know, it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> He's constantly in pain. Um, no stop. He hurt all time. Yeah. And, and, so, even if he could get past all the trauma he's gone through, he'd, he would still have to live with that pain. Um, but with him going with the elves, Bilbo and Gandalf, going to the Undying Land, 
Islands, mm-hmm. which is where these ships are taking. Yeah. Um, the Undying Lands being the lands that the elves came from before they got to Middle Earth, mm-hmm. right? Where in terms of elves, hence the name, you don't die. Mm-hmm. Unless you are killed, someone stabs you or cuts your head off or whatever, you don't die. Mm-hmm. In terms of Bilbo and Frodo, they will die there because they're not elves. They're not immortal. So they will die there, but Frodo going there will mean he no longer lives in pain. Yeah. He no longer lives with the pain of the shoulder. He he'll doesn't carry have to out, deal with all the trauma that he's been through. Yeah, he'll all that. Stuff. He'll carry out the rest of his days in Pe- peace. Yeah, peacefully, comfortably. Yep. All that. Yep. Um. Um. But obviously, the others aren't really mm-hmm. too eager to let him go, and they're yeah. very much in disbelief and sadness. They're all mm-hmm. crying. They're like, "Well, no, what? You're our friend." You right. Know? Um. Well, and the thing, too, is with Frodo and Bilbo going is the only reason the two of them are allowed to go is because of their resisting of the ring yeah. at all, you know? Um, it's the only reason the elves allow the two of them to go hmm. because they had to deal with the influence of the ring, the influence of a fallen angel on their mind, their body, their emotions, yeah. what have you. That's the only reason they're allowed to go. And so, like, Merry and Pippin... Not allowed to go. No. They never touched the ring. Later on in life, after Sam's wife dies when he's old age, he gets to go to the Undying Lands. And does he? Because he was able to resist the ring's influence, ring's corruption, for a short time, mind you, a couple hours. Yeah. But he was able to resist. So it earns him a place there to go and die in peace and no more suffering, all that kind of stuff. Um, but as you're saying, the other three are obviously sad. Yeah. They're losing Frodo. Um, and Frodo says that he set out to save the Shire <laughs> and he did just that. Yeah. But it's just, it's not, it didn't save him. It's not yeah. it's for him. He's not able to, you know, live with it. And I kind of, yeah. Yeah. Like you had said a little earlier, like he doesn't, he doesn't know how to go forward right. from here. Um, Sam obviously is crying quite a bit. He doesn't want Frodo to go. And I'll be honest, I was crying during this scene. Um, I was sitting there like, thank God, finally. (laughs) Well, Frodo gives Sam the book saying the last pages are for him. Yeah. He then hugs Mary, then Pippin, who are also both crying. Then he turns to Sam and hugs him, kisses his forehead and goes to Gandalf. Takes Gandalf's hand, boards the boat gives a smiling goodbye back at them and the boat departs also just as a refresher to any audience where is this boat going you said out you know uh past like where the elves came from but like yeah well we just kind of answered that what was it called the undying lands but was there actually like a name to it other than that um trying to think i think it's like valinor valinor that yeah that um, so at least similar to that. That yeah. that word is what I was looking for. Yeah, and so for those who have watched Rings of Power, yeah, we that's, do that's get going some... a little bit ahead because we are going right. to end up covering that. But right. but yes, but yeah, we do get some some views and stuff of Valinor. Yeah, we see in Rings of it. Power. Yep. Um, um, but that 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 is where they are heading. Yeah. Um, and that I believe concludes the movie. It goes into credits. Well, just about there. because uh, but well, but. Or, now we do come back to the Shire. Sam is walking and approaching yeah. his home. His daughter runs out to him, hugs him, and then Rosie joins holding another child. So we see that Sam has a family. Yeah. Uh, 
Over this, Frodo narrates, telling Sam to enjoy life. His part in the story will go on. Sam enters his house with his family, and the, it fades to black. End of the movie. Yeah. Um, with that, though, it doesn't really give us a whole lot of where did they end up type of deal, right? For the whole fellowship. Yeah. You know. And hopefully it's um, not the same as the um, initial <laughs> company no. in The Hobbit. Um, so, after the events of Return of the King. Yeah. As we know, Frodo goes to Valinor with Bilbo and Gandalf and the yep. elves. Um, Sam, Merry, and Pippin return to the Shire. Sam becomes the mayor of the Shire hmm. for like consecutive terms, like showing that like he's doing a good job, he's governing well, you know, taking care of the hobbits and whatnot. Uh, Merry and Pippin, I don't remember a whole lot of what they do in that time, but they do their Merry and Pippin things as they do. <laughs> um, Sam, as I had stated, once he grows old, once Rosie ends up dying from old age, he's still alive. He is able to go to Valinor and live out the rest of his days. Hmm. Um, Merry and Pippin, when they die, so they go back to the Shire, they live their lives, what have you. When they die, their remains are actually taken to Minas Tirith, hmm. and they're laid to rest in the basically the crypts of kings hmm. in Minas Tirith as like a great honor for their for their sacrifices they made. For, for the world type of mm-hmm. deal, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, with that, with Minas Tirith, Aragorn continues to rule over Minas Tirith and over Gondor. Aragorn refound, ref, refounds, refines, I think it's refounds, the kingdom of Arnor, which is the chunk of land north of Bree. Mm. All right. Uh, it's that chunk of land, so you have like Bree at the bottom of your map. You look over to the right of your map, you have Rivendell. To the left, you have the Shire. That chunk of land in between there, uh, Aragorn refounds that country or that kingdom, mm-hmm. uh, which is where his people, the Dunedain, originally had their kingdom uh, before it fell to the Witch King of Angmar and mm-hmm. all that stuff mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. on. He refounds that kingdom. He rules over Gondor, I believe. He basically he rules over both, but he kind of puts someone in charge of Arnor mm. um, to kind of rule in his stead. But they would still answer to him at the end of the day. Um, as I had stated, Eomer ends up marrying the daughter of Prince Imrahil of Gondor, mm-hmm. um, helping strengthen that bond, that, that alliance. Um, when Aragorn dies, Aragorn dies at like 200 something years old. Mm-hmm. Aragorn is laid to rest next to Merry and Pippin hmm. in the tombs of the king, <laughs> of the, of the kings. Um, Legolas and Gimli, uh, Gimli goes with Legolas to, um, Mirkwood. Um, returning to the Greenwoods that it once was, and Gimli gets to see Legolas' home and all that kind of stuff. Take him home and meet the parents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Gimli is actually, as well, given the glittering caves, oh, which is th- those caves in the two towers that the ro- the refugees of Rohan hide in during the Battle of Helm's Deep. Okay. And he founds a new dwarven kingdom there. Oh, cool. And Legolas goes there and visits him and, and sees this new kingdom he has founded uh-huh. and whatnot. Um, and when Gimli comes close to the end of his life, Legolas is still in Middle-earth. Legolas, so one, one thing that Legolas is told in the books by Galadriel is avoid the sea. The call of the seagulls or the, the, the noise of the seagulls, the, the sound of the birds, the sound of the, whatever, will call you back to Valinor. 
with Legolas going to Gondor to help, and they go down the river there to after they take out the, the Corsairs, mm-hmm. he hears the seagulls and whatnot. So after that moment, he ever presently has this longing to return to Valinor. Mm-hmm. But he's able to hold that back long enough to bring Gimli with him. So right there towards the end of Gimli's life, Legolas and Gimli get on a ship and return to Valinor, and Gimli lives out the rest of his life, life the last few years or so in Valinor with Legolas, and, and by that time Frodo and uh, Sam and uh, you know Bilbo had all been dead by then. Um, but that's what happens to those two, hmm. right? Who am I, am I missing? Anyone? Merry and Pippin, Frodo, Sam, Gandalf, who now goes to Valinor as yep. well. Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, Eomer. Uh, Eowyn and Faramir yeah, end up getting married, mm-hmm. starting family. Well, not Faramir becomes the steward of Gondor, taking mm-hmm. his father's position, um, where they you know live their life and whatnot. Um, I feel like I'm missing someone for some reason. I don't know why, but I feel like I'm missing someone. Um, but anyways, past all of that... Um, the dwarves after the fourth age retake mm-hmm. Moria as Durin the seventh is born, which part of a dwarven prophecy is once, the, once there's the birth of Durin the seventh, mm-hmm. um, they will reclaim their ancient kingdom of Moria and that will start the decline of the dwarves. Mm. And so after that, the decline of the dwarves starts and the dwarves, no one really knows what happens to them. It's assumed they die out in their mountain kingdoms. Hmm. and are never seen again. Um, hobbits slowly start to integrate with the rest of so- of society or the rest of the kingdoms, which at this point is just men, mm-hmm. right? And they start, inter- I say interbreeding like it's a bad thing, but they, they start, you know, like hobbits, men, you know, they slowly come together and it's kind of one of those things that like if this was a real thing that actually happened, mm-hmm. it's to the point where like, Hobbits and men, the the line that separates them gets thinner and thinner until we reach to where we are now, where it's like, oh, that person's short. They must have a little hobbit blood in them, gotcha. you know, t- type of type of deal. Yeah, that person's a little tall. Maybe that person's a little, you know, fairly tall. They might have a sh- tiny shred of Dunedine blood in them. Yeah, you know, type of deal. And so over the course of time, uh, it's basically like hobbits slowly fade away quote-unquote fade away but in truth it's a mixing of like the gene yeah. pools and uh and that sort of thing to where we would kind of get to where we are now um okay. during the fourth age there are more battles with gondor and rohan against like surviving orc bands and goblins in the mountains and stuff like that mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it's kind of <clears throat> one of those things with the lore of like this could have been the past, and we are where yeah, we are now because yeah. the elves left, the dwarves faded out, you know, they returned yeah. to the earth. Um, and the hobbits and men lived in harmony with each other, and you know, all that kind of stuff, yeah. Um, so but, uh, yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. Cool. and th- yeah, there's that- this whole like, there's the lore and the backstory of the world, but then there's like the what happened after the events as yeah. well that kind of fills in that stuff. So, yeah. But that wraps up our coverage of the entirety of the Lord of the Rings movies, the Hobbit that preceded the, well, you know, um, before that, 
And so that's that. We will probably, probably right next, be covering yeah. Rings of Power. Um, Which the Rings of Power is only 10 episodes anyways. Yeah, that won't so, take too yeah, much. It wouldn't take terribly long. But um, um, after that, we'll move on to another topic, but we're going to hold yeah. off on announcing that, um, what that actually is. Yeah. Uh, the Rings of Power is just for a little, quick little background of it. The Rings of Power takes place during the Second Age. Um, no. The first, no, yeah, the second age, second. sorry. Yeah, yeah. the Rings of Power takes place during the second age. Um, with kind of like the, it's basically like, hence the name, the Rings of Power. The Rise of Sauron, the rings that he gives to the men, elves, and dwarves. Um, that whole story, um, it's got several iconic characters in it that we've heard about yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, I won't give any spoilers right yeah, now. Yeah, we'll get into it, so it stay tuned. But, uh, um... I will say the, the only thing with it, and I'll kind of go over it as we start covering that, is there's like most of the named characters in that show, mm-hmm. the big named characters, like we know their fate yeah. already. So it's like uh, not necessarily like does this character survive? It's like a, when is their end? When are they going to show yeah. their end type of deal? Yeah. Um, but we'll get into all of that yep. uh, here soon. Um, as we do so, and whenever season two of Rings of Power come out, we can always come back yep. and do that one we'll as well. We'll return. So uh, even after season one of Rings of Power, we're not done with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. We'll come back to it. But uh, this this does wrap up the movies, at least. Um, yep. There are the uh, cartoon movies of Lord of the Rings, but and The Hobbit, but it's just the cartoon version of of the movies. Yeah. I mean that so. doesn't necessarily need to stop us but we are excluding that for now yeah and i mean like with those ones as well anything that i like i've sat here and been like that's not in the book in these movies same thing on that yeah you know so but like the cartoon movie of the hobbit doesn't have like legolas or tariel in them yeah you know um the cartoons of the lord of the rings movies uh it's not Arwen that comes and gets Frodo after he's been stabbed. It's Legless. Mm. Whereas in the books, it's a completely different elf. Yeah. So it's just some of, the, some of that small stuff that they change gotcha. is all. But it's it's still the same story. Yeah. So I, I don't think we really need to cover that because it would just be the same story. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, that's it. I don't know. Like I've stated for the last <laughs> two hours and 45 minutes, I am tired. So uh, I think, yeah. Plus, there's not really much more to say, so we'll see you what oh, whenever we come out with the next um, episode. We do have the every thousand downloads for yep. a blooper reel. And there uh, will be a blooper reel coming out somewhat soon. Yeah. We had a couple of them even in this recording. Yeah. Um, every 25 reviews, it's got to be 25 because we're 11 right now. Every 25 reviews yeah. will be a live stream coverage of whatever we're covering at the time. We Like I just said, we are at 11, so get 14 more of those and we can do a live stream. Yeah. Um, yep and that'll be fun because we'll be able to answer your questions in real time we'll be able to cover you get to hear our bloopers as they happen and all the stupidity that goes into an episode that (laughs) ends up getting edited out (laughs) because you can bet your butt at that point we don't need to do the whole time start thing because we're not recording it we're live exactly (laughs) and also i want to make a quick comment that i usually make a bunch of notes throughout an episode and I have created myself a little note sheet that has a timestamp column and a note column that has in, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 rows total. And, well, 
You almost filled all of <laughs> there. Okay, so there's 19. There's 19 because there's two separate. There's four columns total. Whatever. 19 out of 22. I have notes on because we're dumb. I think um, like over half of those are yours too. Shut up. I'm tired. Anyway, so yeah, uh, that, that's that's uh, good. Th- goodbye. <laughs>